Apparently, Anthony Fauci threw the opening pitch of like the first game, I guess, <laughs> and he threw it sideways. It was honestly, it was quite satisfying to see that for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because I know I can throw a good pitch. I was a pitcher for a little bit, and I I, I know how to throw the ball straight. Something about that. It's like, it was really hmm. weird. I was watching that. I'm like, I don't understand how people don't know how to throw a ball. Yeah. Is that is that? Is I don't that think it's that surprising. Is, is that? What the, what kind of privilege would that be? What having hand-eye, hand-eye coordination? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you are you are, are we accidentally being ableist towards Dr. Fauci because yes. he can't throw a baseball? <laughs> yeah, but didn't did, Trump threw the ball once, right? I think he also did a terrible job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's so that's why I'm thing. like, whenever I watch these things, it's like they can't throw a baseball. I mean, he Trump grew up as a, in a in a business household. His dad was a businessman. He had business, business, business. He you know he was groomed for business too. It's like what what you know, they weren't out playing sports you know i think you know i was thinking once what i wonder i wonder if like donald like how often donald trump has actually walked a full block interesting i mean it because like you have to imagine obviously i'm being a little facetious (laughs) i know he walks (laughs) yeah but for a lot of his life i'm sure like he'd walk out the front door and walk into a car yep living in new york for instance or getting in the helicopter that too over to the elevator down to his when i when i when I was a kid, if I wanted to go to the local skate park, it was three miles. Mm-hmm. So I'd skate three miles to get there. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I had to go skate three miles. Uphill, uphill both, both ways. ways. <laughs> Down, yeah, uphill both ways. <laughs> because you're, like, somehow in one of those, what is it, uh, MC Escher drawings? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Donald, Donald Trump, I walked at the building and then just walked into a car and then drove where I needed to go. Yeah. So, well, I guess he plays, yeah, even golfing, he's just in a golf cart. Yeah. Walking is good for you. You should walk. You know what? This is actually rather important. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna take take the reins. Congratulations, to you two, and to myself for a hundred episodes. This is officially our one hundredth episode. I'm really happy. Thank you, everybody. Seriously, we wouldn't be here without you guys, and uh, it's awesome. So, Tim, thanks for bringing me on. Yep. And and Lydia, thanks for producing over there. Cheers, man. And uh, yeah, seriously, thank you, everybody. This is awesome. Let's uh, let's get fifty thousand uh, likes for the, for our one hundredth episode. Yes. So if if fifty thousand likes, let's see if we can do it. Smash that like button for us for our hundredth episode. Let's see it. Smash it. Come on. I was purposefully choosing an unattainable. Un- uh, it was it was a big ass. I was yes. I was I was invoking my inner Trump. <laughs> fifty thousand likes. No, then, I, I then want fifty thousand. Then when we get thirty, uh-huh. I'll be like, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> It is the big ask, right? Right. And then, and then when it comes down, everyone's like, let's try and get 50. We get 30. We're good. We're good. Everybody agrees. Well, in, uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, Trump is deploying a tactical team into Seattle, expanding his presence beyond Portland because there's been some unrest, but there's also, I guess, crime is surging everywhere. I don't know if, if shootings and stuff are going up in, in Seattle as well, but there was a big riot a couple days ago where they were throwing commercial grade fireworks it's it's because you can drive from Seattle to Portland like it's like a day trip i guess okay yeah so it's like the portland people will be like ooh let's go to seattle tonight you know whatever and then they come down to portland or actually i'd be willing to bet a lot of the people in portland who are you know rioting or whatever you want to call it yeah probably come from seattle yeah that makes sense actually Someone probably from eugene I can, from see, Olympia. I can see that i can see that yeah so uh, aside from that we definitely got to talk about um i guess i'll just uh, I'll, I'll just push it to 11 the government of Portland has joined in the insurrection against the federal government. Now, now, to actually explain that, literally, Mayor Ted Wheeler of Portland joined in the group that was showing up and rioting in front of the federal building. And it's funny because he's a, he's a Democrat, he's the mayor, and he, oh, he just literally walked into Trump's hands. And he's the police commissioner. Yeah, yep. And then here's the best part. <laughs> yeah. Adam noticed this. As soon as he goes inside, like he's leaving, 
Then the poli- Portland police go, it's a riot now. 30 minutes later. Yeah, as soon as, <laughs> as soon as he goes inside the building, then it's a riot. So when they were throwing, you know, commercial grade fireworks and lighting fires yep. and fighting the police, it was fine until Mayor Ted Wheeler leaves and then it's a riot. Well, once the photo op was done, right. you know, then, he could, then it was like, all right, all right, I'm in the clear. Yeah, man. So uh, the funny thing about what's going on in Seattle is that these far leftists are actually marching with a Seattle councilwoman. Two other council uh, member council members' houses, yep. vandalizing them and demanding they bend to their whim. That's been going on for a while too, because that whole thing came up at, like right after, Chaz. right as Chaz was kind of being deconstructed. Um, because they went, she was to- she was trying to like bring charges against that other yep. uh, councilwoman because she was like she. I mean, the, her address was private information, and she was like, "Come on, guys, I got her address. Let's go." So what do you what do you, what do you call it when? One politician leads a group of typically violent mobs. A mob, yeah. To the home of rival politicians who are refusing to vote in their favor. Could you imagine that if, like, you know, Chuck Schumer showed up to like Mitch McConnell's house with a group of protesters and they started graffitiing up his house, being like, support our, you know, defund the police bill? It'd be like, what are you doing? That's crazy. I mean, my first thought is, is extortion, but it's. Well, it's, look, man. It's coercion. Like, man, there's all sorts of stuff going on there. Maxine Waters said, you know, if you see these people get in their faces. What, what exactly? Did she, do you remember what she said exactly? She's she like, said, get in their faces. Yeah, cause trouble. Tell yeah. them they're not welcome. It's and then up. a bunch of people, a bunch of concert, a bunch of Republicans got like protested at various like restaurants while they were trying yeah. to eat and stuff. Yep. And then it's just escalated from there. But then you have, the, you know, the uh, the people in New York saying to their citizens, stop calling police. If people are lighting up fireworks, just go tell them to, to stop lighting up fireworks. Yeah, and the lady got shot. And the lady got killed. Yeah, Got killed. Shot and killed for doing that. So, so here's what's happening, man. We got, we got Trump sending in the feds to a variety of cities, but this is not the same thing as Portland. And man, we, we, got, we got to go through this segment where... I w- so I do, my, I do my 6 p.m. segments, basically all back to back. It's like 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. They're all like much quicker segments. Yeah. And I was reading one about Philly saying like, we will arrest the feds. And the fake news was the thickest I have ever seen. I really felt like it's almost like you're walking and then all of a sudden the air turns to like a thick nacho cheese. And you're trying to like move through it. And you're like, I can't. It's the fake news. It's too much. <laughs> I almost just stopped recording. I was like, I can't. I can't even read this. It's, wow. It was so insanely fake. It's like. Imagine if you're reading a story it's like Donald Trump today pulled out a you know a, a nine millimeter handgun and started firing it into the Rose Garden at journalists. You'd be like, whoa, wait, what? It's like that level of insanity. Yep. Where they're just making everything up, and then the worst part was like that they're interviewing the, de- the the prosecutor. He's a lawyer, so he knows how to use clever language to manipulate. Right. And he, he's he's doing this thing where he's like apparently illegal because it wasn't illegal what what the feds are doing. And he's he's saying apparently man. illegal. So uh, one, one, he, he uses an assumptive trick. One of this one of these tricks would be like this: I can't believe Adam Krigler just did that. I I denounce what he did. Now if if he was in my house and somebody was you know flinging human waste at the walls, I'd be outraged. Like the, the the trick is that I never said Adam actually did it. Yeah. I just said I'm outraged at what he did, and then talk about something totally different. And that's what the prosecutor's doing, so they can make this fake story where you think. They're actually accusing the feds of kidnapping and like renditioning people. Yeah, and I, th- I not. throw feces at the wall in the privacy of my own home. No exactly. one knows about this. <laughs> yeah, you know, so yep. I keep that to myself. Right. 
See, yeah, exactly. Fake news. Got some fake news. news. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's actually just talk about what's going on. So uh, if you haven't already, make sure you smash the like button. Why? It's our 100th episode. That means you have to smash the like button. You must. You must smash. The first rule of TimCast IRL is smash the like button. You must smash the like button. The second rule of TimCast IRL is smash the like button. That the is third correct. rule is, if it's your first time at TimCast IRL, you have to smash the like button. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> well, I'm just ripping off Fight Club. So. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, but also make sure you subscribe that and proves hit the notification good. bell. And, uh, and share. You do have to talk about it. Sharing this video yeah. really does Oh, help yeah. The first expand. rule is... Yeah. Is yeah. talk, talk about, about Tim Castiro. <laughs> nice, yeah. good one. <laughs> All right, let's check this out. The New York Times says Fed sending tactical team to Seattle, expanding presence beyond Portland. After outrage over the presence of federal agents in Portland, Oregon, the Trump administration is sending a team to Seattle. Officials say they will be on standby. I, I bet this means a whole lot of nothing will happen. Yep. All right, they say the special response team being deployed is similar to the tactical teams currently operating in Portland, Oregon where local officials have been vehemently objected to their efforts to subdue street protests. Come on, man. Let's stop playing these games. Yep. Protests? Hmm. They declared it a riot yesterday. The, the Portland police said it was a riot. Can Even you please Portland. just call it a riot? Who gets to decide that? Whatever. Seattle officials have also said they do not want federal agents sent to target protesters. Okay, that's no, I, I agree. I, I would not want federal agents to target protesters either. Agreed. Yeah. If you're out there protesting, you have my 100% support. I think we all agree. Absolutely. Now, if you're rioting, send in the feds. Agents from the SRT operated under the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Agency are typically deployed for intense law enforcement operations, similar to the agency's BORTAC group that has operated in Portland. The CBP team will be on standby in the area. Should they be required, the FP, the Federal Protective Service said in a statement about this, uh, the Seattle effort. A spokesperson for the agency requested anonymity to speak about the operation. Said the border officers were sent back up to uh, sent to back up the FPS charged with protecting federal buildings and would only be used if protests expected this weekend escalate out of control. And they will. Yeah. Seattle's Mayor Jenny Durkin said in an interview that she spoke earlier with Chad Wolf, the acting secretary of Homeland Security. She said he had assured her that the administration had no plans to deploy a surge of agents to Seattle and would not do so without communicating to the city with the city. She had not been alerted to plans to position the tactical team, but said that the department may be distinguishing between an active deployment and agents who are on standby. Now, why do you think they're going to be sending uh, uh, this special response team up to Seattle? Oh, because the powers that, that are in control over there are very quickly losing control. They're doing nothing. That's also same, true. Same, same as like what we're seeing in Portland. But but hold on, hold on. It's not so simple to say that. No. At least I don't think so. Okay. Take a look at this story from the Washington Post. 12 officers injured. Two protesters arrested in Seattle as multiple businesses vandalized. Whoa, 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 whoa. So wait, they were, they were protesting while vandalizing and destroying businesses? Well, they're rioting. But hold on, hold on a minute. You mean to tell me that in Seattle right now, these, these violent thugs are going around destroying private property? I will not stand for this. Certainly, that must be the reason that Trump is now sending in the, the special response team. No, that's not it either. You want to see what it is? Oh, please. Please tell I'll me. show you what it is. Because this is from yesterday. <laughs> Seattle City Council President addresses protests targeting council members' houses. Okay, I'm kidding. I don't think Trump is actually sending in federal agents because the protesters are showing up to po politicians' homes. 
But I do think it's kind of hilarious that the CHAZ, the, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone in Seattle, can operate even with people literally being shot several times. Yeah. And the mayor is like, well, you know, hold on. It could be a summer of love. Bang, bang. Some people die. And then, well, hold on. Then they show up to the mayor's house. And then all of a sudden she's like, Rah! and she's demanding charges for the councilman that led the protesters to her house. Yeah. And then Chaz was purged with an iron fist. Yeah, they cleaned it up in an, under an hour. <laughs> yep. Actually, as as- it, it was like it was like 10 minutes. Everyone was gone. And then they spent the rest of the hour just like disassembling fences and stuff. She's like the Mayor Jenny Durkin is like got her hands behind her back in, in her like uh, uh, her study with there's books all around her. And they're like, Mayor Durkin, they've shut up to your home. <laughs> you bite the hand that feeds you. Crush them. And then like she hits a button. <laughs> and then like a bunch of cops like run out of, a, you know, out of a garage. Like the door opens up. and then, They wipe that chaz out. So boom, fast. like that. So That's think about they were working together. It was all just a trap to blame no, Trump. No. What, what, what? I uh, mean, uh, she was letting it happen. In my opinion, I know she was because she wanted to be like, "Come on, Trump, take the bait." And he didn't do it. Yep. So then, when they showed up to her house, she was like, "No!" And she crushed them. The bait's starting to bite me. Think about how Stop easily, them. how easily she crushed the Chaz. Yep. As soon as they went to her house, mm-hmm. she probably—I swear—she probably slammed her fist on the table, crushed them, and then they did. Yep. Now, now look at what's happening in Seattle. This uh, it's in the same city, obviously. But you have this uh, uh, this woman. I don't know her name is Sawant or whatever. She's on the city council and she's leading the protesters to the homes of other. I don't want to show the photo because it'll. It, it's like they vandalized the door. They 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 wrote you know swears and stuff saying okay. like get the f out and stuff like that. You know it, it's graffiti on this, on these people's home. Yeah, and I guess their addresses are private. But they were led there by this councilwoman. And so you also have in Oakland, they actually showed up to the mayor's house and totally vandalized it, firing, launching fireworks at it. So sure enough, these people are desperately crossing their fingers that Trump will you know, send in law enforcement because they want to make them look bad. I think Trump's winning. I think so, too. I think so. Uh, yep. we, we actually, actually I'm, I'm just going to show this right now. I'm going to show this right now. So check this out. This is Civ IQ's. And it is a of registered voters. Black Lives Matter. Do you support or oppose the Black Lives Matter movement? And opposition to Black Lives Matter has been spiking since the start of the riots. And people who consider themselves neither in support of or opposition to has gone down dramatically. What does that mean? Fence sitters have gotten off the fence and joined the opposition. Yeah. The interesting thing about it as to why I think Trump is winning is this metric right here. Race. Check this out. Among white people, it is now inverted. For a minute, white people actually supported Black Lives Matter, substantial support. Since the riots, it's flipped in favor of uh, the opposition. Well, because it's becoming more and more apparent that it's not about Black Lives Matter. It's about whatever narrative that they're pushing because, you know, people are seeing that there's black lives that don't matter to them and black lives, only specific black lives matter to them. And that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna see them cheering for Jesse Lee Peterson or Candace Owens or right. Hodge Twins or Terrence Williams. No, nope, no. they're they're the wrong thinkers. So well, they don't and count. it's like they're trying to convince us and, and convince convince most people that they you don't you don't believe this. So I need to scream it at you for you to believe it. And it's like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, you know, of course we believe it. Of course we be, we think Black Lives Matter. Duh. Yeah, you know, of course. You know what I find funny that like proves. It's not about race or even orientation or identity 
is that you literally have trans Trump supporters and black Trump supporters and Latino Trump supporters. Yep, exactly. Uh, you have you have you know gays for Trump. You have uh, Latinos for Trump. You have blacks for Trump. They're they're the the, the Republicans are really trying to to you know. Build a coalition, a diverse coalition. Yeah. Not that they're as as successful as Democrats, because Democrats, for whatever reason, just you know have historically controlled votes in certain areas. That's why Kanye West comes out and says, like, yeah, you know, I I think it has a lot to do with social pressure, thinking that they're guaranteed. And now Joe Biden comes out. You know, the thing about what Joe Biden said when he was like, if you if you don't know who you're for, you know, you ain't black. I think he thought, you know, look, in 2012, that would have played. That would have worked. They would have all laughed and be like, you're right, Joe Biden. But he doesn't understand that today that no way, man. Like no, there, there's a ridiculous. lot there's a lot of support for Trump in the African-American community. Charlemagne just came out against him today. I, I didn't read an article, but I, I saw it in passing and I was like, oh, wow. Like he started snapping on Biden. I want to get into Good. To what he was saying. But so so anyway, Donald Trump is deploying these law enforcement officers around the country. Yeah. And, you know, you know, we should have pulled up the uh, the Cato Institute thing we did the other day. Oh, yeah. But this uh, this poll from the Cato Institute shows there is only one political alignment in this country that is comfortable expressing their opinions, and it's the far left. Yep. They they say strong liberal, so we'll say strong liberal. Among strong conservative, conservative moderates, and liberals, they are all scared to say their opinions. All of them. That's because they're all voting for Trump. Or or they're critical of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So so why is Donald Trump deploying law enforcement? Even though the media is screaming Trump is a is a Cheeto dictator, it's because one faction of people speaking up does not represent the entirety of the country. Exactly. And so if liberals are scared to speak up, he's probably going to grab a decent amount of liberals who are going to be like, please just shut it down. Moderates, absolutely. And conservatives, oh, con- conservatives, of course. They love Trump. Yeah. So you take a look. I brought this up earlier. You take a look at what happened in Chicago in June, uh, I think June 8th mm-hmm. with all the rioting. So you look at this and you can see that when once the rioting started, opposition started skyrocketing among yep. white people. And then I remembered that article where uh, it was a leaked recording where an alderman in Chicago, it's like a neighborhood mayor, essentially, talked to the actual mayor of Chicago and was cussing her out, saying like, they're coming. The riots are coming to our neighborhood. Stop them. Stop them. And now the craziest thing is that you literally have the neighborhoods begging to stop the rioting. Yep. And the mayor says no, and Trump said yes. Trump knows who he's supporting. Yep. He knows who he's targeting. Yeah, the American people. That's who he's supporting. He's supporting residential neighborhoods, not the business interests, not the downtown areas, and not the one faction of people who think they're allowed to speak. Or the establishment uh, governmental you know, circles, which could be Democrats and Republicans. No one's... You know, everyone, everyone could be in that circle, you know, and he's just saying, no, we got to we got to protect the American public. That's why Operation Legend was. So I was just like, yes, because he wasn't talking about who's to blame. He was just talking about protecting the American people that are getting hurt by all this right now. I think they I think they made a big mistake. Who's they? The Democrats. Yeah, I agree. Ted Ted Wheeler came out. And so actually, let's let's do this now. Let's let's jump over to uh, what Ted Wheeler has been doing. This, to me, was one of the most shockingly irresponsible things anyone could ever say in a position of government. This guy's disgusting. I believe that Mayor Ted Wheeler is actively trying to incite extreme violence, death, and mayhem. Agreed. He tweeted, I kid you, I kid you not. He said, this afternoon, I was made aware of concerns within the community that federal agents may be authorized to use live ammunition on demonstrators this evening. Stop. Wow. Okay. 
When people follow or see a retweet, they don't see what follows next. They see that Mm. one tweet where he says they're concerned federal agents may be authorized to use live ammo. What's the point of that? Scaring everybody. And what what, what do you think a scared person is going to do? Well, first blame someone. (laughs) Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But if they're intent on going to protest Mm -hmm. and they're now terrified that the feds may use live ammo. But it probably won't go then. I don't think so. I think they'll go. And I think they'll bring their own live ammo. Ah, okay. Yes. So I think he's trying to get him scared. You're going to get a bunch of people like, oh, man, I better I better start packing, too. That's the point. He wants people to think this escalation is going to happen. It's, it's basically like implanting the idea in people's minds. There's going to be live bullets. There's going to be it's going to happen. Then he tweets, given the deployment of federal agents to other American cities and the clear escalation of the federal government, the information was alarming. I have spoken with the U.S. attorney of Oregon, Billy Williams, who assures me that the federal government has no plans to use live ammunition on Portlanders tonight and that such an order would be unlawful. Nevertheless, I am sharing this information publicly out of an abundance of caution. What? As if they would actually start shooting these people. Yeah, they're Americans. Those federal agents inside that building are Americans. They're not trying to kill other Americans. Who are you, Ted Wheeler? If you plan, I, I have some things I'd like to say to this man. Look I at, can't do it on this public platform right now. If you now. plan to demonstrate tonight, please be safe. Amazing. Was he talking to himself? <laughs> Apparently. So he goes out, and that was it for me. Because I don't play these games of like, you know, look, at a certain point, I've talked about the attorney general of Oregon is suing on behalf of the, pro, of the mob, of the, of the insurrections. So, so hold on. Check this out. There was a leaked court. Do- it's not leaked. It was a court document that uh, showed Operation, was it called Diligent, Val- uh, Diligent Valor? Is that it? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Operation Diligent Valor. That's what oh, it's the, called. The, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Is that it? Was that, did I get it right? That's what it's called. Diligent so, Valor. So there's Operation Legend and Diligent Valor. Right. Diligent Valor is the, the, uh, a BORTAC, you know, the, the, the CBP deployment to protect federal buildings. Legend is just federal law enforcement of a normal capacity assisting law enforcement. So like in Chicago, they're sending FBI, DEA, ATF in, into their normal offices. They're there already to just assist general law enforcement. So you have, the, you have this, this uh, document get released, and I kind of lost my train of thought because I can't, I'm thinking about Mary Ted Wheeler now. So I'm going to go back to that. Otherwise, I'm going to get angry. Uh, Ted Wheeler has joined uh, uh, the protests. Yeah. This is, as far as I'm concerned, official government joining in, engaging in the insurrection against... Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I now remember exactly what, what, the point I was trying to make. With the diligent valor. The, yeah, the court documents said that the far left breached the courthouse on July 4th. Okay. That these, these people, insurrectionists, entered federal jurisdiction, and that prompted the deployment of these officers, to the, the federal agents, to go out and start clearing things out. Right. They weren't there until they broke into the federal On July 4th, building. Right. The 39th exactly. day of rioting. Mm-hmm. And so that was the response. If Ted Wheeler stands the police down as police commissioner, which he did, if the AG is suing in defense of the far left, then you have this guy now coming out, the mayor, joining in the riots, lying about it, getting tear gassed, basically assisting in an active insurrection against the federal government. Yep. That's that's how I see it. I, I mean, that, I'm seeing it too. Now, I want to show you this. This is something that Adam noticed. 
You want to you want to you want to explain? Yeah, sure. Because you, so, you mentioned this to me, and I was like, no way. And I was like, you yeah. got to you got to prove this. Is yeah. this true? Yeah. All right. So so last night I, I was watching. Uh, you know, I, I I really try to get as much on the ground reporting as I can. And uh, last night there was a lot of people that were following Ted Wheeler as he went out to the protests. So he he the first video. People just start throwing stuff at him, dumping trash right in front of him, yelling at him, harassing him. And this this continued the entire time that he's walking through this, you know, but they're they're trying to interview him. He's trying to talk to him. They're like, you know, are you going to defund the police? And he's like, no, not at all. And they're like and then you hear booze everywhere and the people start screaming. <laughs> and then, you know, he's, he starts he you can hear him try to be like, yes, but the feds are the ones that are here. We got to be angry at the feds because they have no right to be here. And, you know, they start asking him and, and they give their demands, which is get the feds out. Let all the r- protesters free. Pro, uh, we'll do air quotes for protesters. Pro, yeah. Their words, sure. not yours. Protesters. <laughs> their, their words. Um, for him to. Um, uh, what is that? What did he say? It's, it's defund the police by 50 percent. Yeah. Yeah. By 50 percent. Release all the rioters. <laughs> yeah. They want uh, feds out of Portland now. And you, Ted Wheeler, must resign. That's right. Yeah. That was, that was the last one. So, so I'm seeing it. They're they're interviewing him, and he he's you know he's moving through the crowds. He's trying to speak to them all. He's trying. He's clearly trying to be like, I'm on your side. We got to get these feds out. And then he goes over to the barricade in front of the courthouse, and he he's talking to people. And then you see behind him the the fireworks. Well, the camera, the, the mortars. Well, that's that's in one video, but yeah. in, in the ones that I was watching, you can see him standing there watching the fireworks go go off over him into the into the court build, uh, courthouse. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, so what is he going to say? Like, how how is he going to spin this? You know, what what's going to happen here? And then, sure enough, the federal agents come out and start, you know, shooting tear gas. Well, well the best part is they say you you when he's doing an interview in front of the barricades, yeah, you yeah. hear you are on federal property, you must disperse. Yep. And it's like, okay, okay, hold on, you're on federal property, Ted Wheeler. You must disperse. Right. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so, it's so, you know, he's playing it up like it's a peaceful protest while you can see people are attacking the building. Mm-hmm. They're throwing commercial grade fireworks. Yep. And he's standing there and then he gets tear gassed. And then he gets interviewed and he's like, man, this this tear gas, they have no reason to do any of this. I, I, I haven't seen anything all night <laughs> on why they should be doing this kind of stuff. Oh, oh man. It's so bad. Just and like, then the camera pans. Well, well, yeah. It, well, I don't know if that's the same interview, but he is being interviewed, and the the camera pans over from like you can see the firework mortars going over over the building, and then it, it pans over to him, and he's being interviewed by a bunch of people. Like he's being interviewed, and the camera turns just for some explosions. Yeah, not from the feds. You know the funny thing is, the flashbangs the feds use yeah. are l- less dangerous than the mortars. Hmm. Probably flash flashbangs are loud and 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 like scare. It's a flash and a, and a sound. Well, it's because that's what it's meant for. Right. A firework mortar is meant to go explode and send fireballs and, in the air, and that's to, what it does. Yeah. Right. So those are actually really dangerous. But the craziest thing about the night was uh, was was this right here. So yep. so Adam comes down and he's like, "Did you see what happened with Ted Wheeler?" And I was like, "Of course I did." Like the dude went out, joined in the, the whatever you want to call it. They're calling it protests. Spare me. They've breached the building more than once, and they are showing up to engage in conflict. It stopped being a protest and they threw explosives, and it stopped being a riot the moment the moment they started breaching the building to attack feds. Right. Mayor Wheeler wants to get involved in that. Now you got the government's official involvement in insurrection. Fine, whatever. But this was the best part because Adam, he comes down and he's like, <laughs> yeah, it's the best he's part. like, you see what happened? He's like, Ted Wheeler comes out, does his, 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 you know, Potemkin PR stunt. 
then goes inside the building, and then the police declare a riot. Yep. They're not going to declare a riot while he's out there. Nope. It'd make him look bad. Yep. So, so, so I was like, you got, we got to prove this. We got to prove this. So Adam ended up pulling up these, these tweets from Mike Baker. He's of the New York Times. Check this out. At 3.02 a.m., Wheeler leaves the scene. Protesters throw water bottles at him and curse him. He manages to get inside a building after a scuffle between protesters and a security detail. So you can see here he is right here. He's, you know, he's, he's getting in the building. His security guys like shove out the protesters like, get out. Wait, wait, wait. But go, go to the beginning of that video real quick. Look, keep a little bit, little bit further back, a little bit further back. Look at that mask wearing skill. He's got it on his chin in the middle he's, of he's, this protest. He's taking it off because he's like, you know, camera ops done. I'm going to go inside now. Don't yep. got don't to wear my mask. I mean, they're filming. But he then put, he puts it up. Why, yeah. why? Someone put a camera in his face? Probably. Or he was itching his face. I don't really care. Uh, I just wanted to point that Check out, that silliness. It's 3.02 a.m. And yep. he goes inside the building. And they push the protesters out. And a half an hour later, the Portland police, a riot has been declared outside the Justice Center, dispersed to the north and or west. Disperse immediately. Failure to adhere to this order may subject you to the arrest or to arrest or citation or riot control agents, including but not limited to tear gas and or impact weapons. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. <laughs> I thought they weren't allowed to use tear gas. And everyone was saying the Portland police are, are already not allowed to use tear gas. And it's the feds who are doing it. As soon as Ted Wheeler goes inside that building. Yep. I say as soon as it was half an hour. Half an hour later. But all of this stuff was going on while he was out there. He's the police commissioner. Yes, he is. You know what I think happened? He went back inside and went, went and he, he, he walks back inside. He looks around. He goes, that's a riot. <laughs> what are we going to do? I bet he was scared the entire time, man. I, I could see it. He was trying to keep his cool, but he was scared. He, he, he came back. Like, you can kind of see it when he gets shoved into the building. Yeah. The relief that's on his face. Like, I am so happy I made it back in here. I'm so happy. Let's declare it a riot because it's getting crazy out there. Donald, Donald Trump. Okay. Pulled a face down card from his deck and and, and placed it in front of him uh-huh. with his with his dual disc on his arm. <laughs> and then Ted Wheeler walked up and Trump went, ha, you just walked into my trap card. It's the best trap card. And then he revealed it. And it was Democrat engages in riot. Yep. And now Trump's going to be like, man, there is so much fuel he's gotten from this. I think they actually had a uh, at one point. They could have really, as soon as those the, the vans came up and the and the and the cops came out and they went with this narrative of unmarked vehicles. Yeah, that that was that was powerful PR for the left, but they couldn't help themselves. No, nope. they couldn't do it. So now, Trump is going to come out as we showed you. The the support for Black Lives Matter is the opposition to Black Lives Matter is going up because of these riots. Yep. So if people don't like riots and Trump is saying I'll stop the riots, guess who people will start to support? Yeah. Well, and the, the clear bias as who, what businesses they were taking down. It's like they're out there yelling Black Lives Matter as they're destroying ba- black businesses. That's just been the case the entire time. I know. <laughs> what, what, I mean, and, and you, you saw, what, can you pull that chart back up? The one that, that shows. That's uh, it, like you? Yeah, yeah. So you, you can see right about the, it's like George Floyd gets what killed. Support's going down. And then support went up because everybody wanted justice. I still do. We, you know, we all do. And you know what? Right. We were getting it. They were putting putting forward police reform bills that actually made sense, but then they they weren't accepting it. They were like, no, denying it, and then they were started rioting and just started destroying all these minority businesses. Here's here's what's really interesting about this graph. You can see that over the past several months, the amount of people that don't that neither support or oppose was actually slowly ticking upward. 
So people were watching this and being like, you know, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Now, I, I got to clarify, that's unsure is unsure. These are people who are saying, yeah, they do some good things, they do some bad things. Yeah. So what you were seeing is oppos- opposition was going down, right? And support was slowly going up. And they were actually starting to win over the opposition. If opposition goes down and neither support or pros goes up, it means people that normally were like, I don't, I don't like any of that. We're now going... I guess they're okay, but I'm not for or against it, really. Yeah. And then they had to riot. And then, whoop, inverted. Worse than it's ever been right now. 13% neither support nor oppose. Going back to May, it was 18. Oh. And now... Op- May of last year. Of last year. 2019. Exactly. So 35% oppose it. Now, however, to be fair, going back all the way, 42% opposed. I think Trump's seeing this data. He's been seeing it from the get-go. And he's going, yep. Send in the troops. Yep. Send in the send in the cops. Send in law enforcement. We're going to clean this mess up. I mean, people are getting shot every day. People are getting killed. Little kids are getting shot and killed. You know, Atlanta, Kansas City, New York City, Chicago, all these yeah. uh, these big cities. And that's the important the, the important thing is that Operation Legend is not diligent valor. That's correct. What's going on in Portland is not. So so this is this is crazy. When uh, you you end up with stories like this. Let's just, let's just, uh, we got, this is, this is, we got to talk about this story, man. Yeah, let's do it. So we, we covered this the other day that the DA in Philly said, you know, we'll, we'll arrest federal agents. So this is him doubling down. Philadelphia's top prosecutors prepared to arrest federal agents. They do an interview with him. So I'm reading through this and I'm just like, it is so insane. I haven't seen this yet. The amount of fake news crammed into this. They're desperate, man. That, that I can definitely agree with. The thing about desperate. this is that they're trying to conflate general FBI activity. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, an, it's, it's an uptick. In, it's a surge in FBI activity. But you're not going to see a bunch of dudes in suits or like body armor. going. It's the Federal Bureau of Investigation, right? not field law enforcement. Now, I, I get it. Feds can show up to, you know, I really doubt FBI is going to be at a riot doing riot control. That's I, I really I, maybe I'm wrong, but they're trying to conflate this. That if the federal agents, check this out, he'll arrest federal agents. Okay. Could you imagine if a suit wearing FBI guy showed up in Philly and he like was walking around like asking questions and then the Philly police arrested him? That's, that's nonsensical. I agree. What they're trying to make you imagine with these stories is that a bunch of Bordak CBP with like, you know, riot weapons are marching around the city. Using live ammunition. Or, yeah, exactly. As, as Ted Wheeler said, you know, in I'm that gonna, tweet from I'm, yesterday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading this. Oh, goodness. But I, I assure you, everybody listening, you're going to start getting triggered by how <laughs> fake this is. I, I, I almost just stopped and I was like, I can't read this anymore. I was like, I can't. What is this? This will be fun. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. You can do it, Tim. I'll, should I, should I, should I re- just read through it straight or should I stop and correct them? Uh, re- stop and correct. All right, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah. After numerous reports and lawsuits in Portland regarding unbadged and ununiformed federal officers arresting, beating, and detaining people in unmarked vehicles. Well, full stop. Well, hold on, hold on. The Trump's <laughs> the Trump administration's response is that they're going to do it even more. Wow, that I mean, sentence. The first wow. the first like ten words was was already right. wrong. But that the, Trump is not even say he's gonna do it more. Operation Legend is FBI DEA ATF. You're not going to have DEA agents running around the streets with tear gas. No, it has nothing to do with that. So, so he, here we go. First, let's break it down. The videos of the unmarked officers, they claim, do not show anyone being beaten. 
It shows them walk up to a guy and he puts his hands up and they walk him to a van and they brought him to the courthouse. Yep. So let's break this down. First of all, were they unbadged? No. Nope. No. <laughs> they have badges. They have badge numbers on their arms. And it says, look at this. It says in big yellow letters across their chest, police. Wait, wait, look at this. Ununiformed. Uh, what? Wrong. They're literally wearing tactical gear. Yeah. I think you can tell, like, when they're wearing police on their chest and they're clearly cops. Yeah, it says DHS on the side and a big badge. They have badge numbers. Yeah. Look at this. Arresting. They didn't arrest anybody. <sighs> nope. They were detained and detaining. Arresting and detaining. What? You, you can detain somebody and then arrest somebody fine. But they're trying to add words to fluff it up and beating. No, wait, what? These videos didn't get beat. They just got brought on unmarked cars. Now I got to stop right here. Look, we haven't even made it through one sentence yet. <laughs> We're not even. This is the first half of the sentence. No. <laughs> we could do this, Tim. This Come on, be, we could do this okay, together. Okay. Let's go. We, we're not done with this one sentence. <laughs> okay, we can do it. We can okay. do this. We got this. You ready? Have you ever seen a cop who wasn't wearing a uniform? Oh, yeah. They're called plainclothes cops. They're all over every city in this country. Yeah, that is un- thing. unmarked police vehicles. Yeah, yes. definitely. I've seen them. State troopers drive unmarked police vehicles all the time. There's taxi cab police cars in yes, New York City. <laughs> yeah. They're disguised. Yep. It's really funny. And, and uh, during protests in New York, you'll see a cab driving around, and there's a bunch of fully decked out like cops <laughs> in it. Yeah, because yeah, they're cop. Okay. Mm-hmm. So even if they were unbadged, uh, uh, well, that's not true. Ununiformed. What? Ununiformed? What does that mean? Where are they getting that it's, information? They, they have to say ununiformed because plain clothes isn't true. Correct. They were literally wearing uniforms. And they, they were fully uniformed. People right. would recognize that that's a thing that happens all the okay. time. Okay. We haven't even gotten through the sentence. We can do it. Right. Trump has not responded. He's going to do it even more. That is, a, and in more cities, that is Operation Legend. Right. Totally. The different. team that's being deployed in Seattle is the uh, it was a special response team. Yeah, the, the it's, Department of Homeland Security. And that's not even the same thing yep. as the PACT group that's in Portland. It's a totally different operation. Okay, let's keep going. Take a deep breath. You got this. Here we go. S- uh, saying that his federal agents are doing a fantastic job, Trump has suggested that he will also deploy agents in New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, Detroit, Baltimore, and Milwaukee to do the same. And this is what I was saying about manipulative manipulative language where you can like there's like a dude taking a dump in the street and you go what that man was doing is completely disgusting now if adam came into my house and was acting a fool i'd throw him out you're you're trying to make it seem like you did what that guy did yeah it's just it's 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 a trick what trump is saying about deploying agents in new york chicago and philadelphia as i've said for a billionth time look at this one paragraph yeah totally different law enforcement operation Completely different. In one of those cities, the city prosecutor has already preemptively warned Trump's police forces what he will do if they bring the same tactics to Philadelphia. Except Trump isn't deploying police forces. Nope. It's, I guess, is the DEA considered a police agency? I don't, I don't think so. Maybe? I, I'm not exactly sure. ATF? Yeah, I don't know. When, I mean, maybe. Maybe. Like, yeah, when, when, when you see CBP, ICE, and U.S. Marshals wearing police on their chests mm-hmm. as they're doing, you know, crowd control... That I understand. So maybe that's that's apt. Except, this is the, the, what they're comparing everything to Portland. That's the trick. Yeah. What, so here here we go. Look, he then so here's a quote. My dad volunteered and served in World War II to fight fascism, like most of my uncles. So we would not have an American president brutalizing and kidnapping Americans for exercising their constitutional rights and trying to make America a better place, which is what patriots do. Okay, okay, wow. okay, okay. No, no, he's right. He's, he is right. I agree with him. We cannot have a president 
brutalizing and kidnapping Americans. If Trump was walking around snatching up kids off the street with his bare hands and beating them, I'd be upset. Good point. However, if rioters are shown to a federal courthouse breaching the doors and trying to start fires, and I, I got to be honest, when he says the president is doing it, if Donald Trump went down to Portland with his <laughs> bare hands, started grabbing Antifa and like detaining them. Yeah. I don't brutalizing. I get okay. Nobody should be brutalized. Detain them, subdue them. That's fine. But if Trump was, even if Trump was doing it, I'd be. I actually, I'd be really excited. That'd be I cool. Think it'd be hilarious. I'd be over there eating popcorn like Trump. Trump oh! running up to a guy. Come here, and he like grabs a dude. So anyway, first of all, the president isn't doing it. I got his point though. Except no one's being kidnapped, and no one is is there exercising their constitutional rights. In nobody who's been stopped or detained or arrested is simply exercising their constitutional rights right they're lumping all the the protesters that are peaceful before the night drags on and then they start attacking all the they're all rioters they're all together they're all rioters they're, how, how are they all rioters though if as i mentioned the other day if you see a dude and he goes hey everybody we're gonna go protest wealth inequality and then a hundred people go yay and start marching behind you mm-hmm. and then the, he, the guy marches they all follow him into a bank and then once they're in the bank he pulls out an pulls out a gun and goes, any one of you mother effers move and I'll execute every last one of you. Bang, bang, bang. And everyone behind him goes, yay. You're all bank robbers now. All of you. Okay. You- I mean, I, I see what you're saying, but, but still, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that all the people that are across the street that were there protesting peacefully that are still protesting peacefully that are like looking over there, like stop, stop attacking that, that building. You know, they're not on federal, pro- federal, the property. ones that disperse. Sure, yeah, the ones that and and that's why in all of these videos when they're told to disperse and the tear gas comes, most of them disperse. Yeah, and the people so, that so stay I'm not talking about those people are the ones that are the rioters. Exactly. Right. And and some of I the just people, want to make that distinction. Some of the people show up and they're like, you know, like the moms, for instance, right? Right. And then they're like, we were tear gassed, and then you see the video of the moms stomping on the door trying to break the barricade. Yeah, they're the they're, moms. they're rioters for sure. So initially, you see photos of them linking arms, saying "Stop the feds," but when they stay. Yep. And engage, e- even if, I'll tell you what. Riot moms. The reason I would say that Ted Wheeler is a rioter is because he was standing there on the federal barricade while they were attacking the building. And the barricade. And the barricade. They were right next to him. Shaking like, it. You trying can, you to, can trying hear to rock it. it down. Yeah, yeah. And they're told, specifically, disperse and get off the property, and Ted Wheeler doesn't. Yep. He's, he's with their, listen, what they do is only possible if the crowd remains. That's, that's the fact. If you are, if, if you have a team of people who are going to rob a bank and all you do is stand outside and, and, and holler when you see police, well, I didn't rob the bank. I just used my first amendment right to yell police. No, you're warning. You're a lookout. Yeah. yeah. In this instance, these people that are standing there and staying when they're told to get off the property, they're providing cover that the black bloc far leftists need to engage in violent tactics. Because if these people leave, they have no shield, and then the, the feds can be like, you, and you go know, and grab them. You know what? You're, you're absolutely right. If, if you're going to stay and be, and be the shield, that that's what they need. They, I'll, they I'll, need those numbers. I'll put it a, I'll put it a, a, a different way regarding the ro- banking, uh, robbing a bank. Okay. If, if a dude says, we're just going to peacefully protest wealth inequality, follow me, yeah. and everyone follows him into a bank, and then in the middle of the crowd, he screams, everyone hit the floor and give us your money, bang, 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 and people don't move, so you can't tell who's yelling. They're literally shielding him. Yep. You ever see the Thomas Crown Affair? No. You know that, you know that movie? You know that movie? Nope. It's like Pierce Brosnan has like a bunch of dudes dressed like him, 
and they run in and like steal a painting and they're all like moving around and so the cops don't know who you know which, which ones which runs which that so okay if, if they caught one of those guys and he didn't have any stolen goods and he was like, I'm, I'm just a man with a mustache and a, and a hat and glasses. You can't get me. No, they'd be like, no, you're an accomplice. Clearly, you're under arrest. Yeah. So you, you, you can't. That's what they try doing. I am but a peaceful protester. It's yep. like, no, you know what you're doing when you show up wearing black. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so they, they know full well. This, this article. <laughs> this is amazing. We've gotten through uh, three paragraphs so far. We haven't even read. the. Look at this. Look how long it is. Oh, my goodness. We're not going to go through the whole thing. You get the point. <laughs> But I'll read a little bit. Look at this. Trump claims the federal intervention is needed due to the excessive violence, particularly around federal statues and monuments. But legal experts have said the reported federal actions in Portland far exceed legal boundaries. Right. So they're, they're mixing up the two. They're, they're combining them both. Even though what's happening in Portland is very specific. On yep. July 4th, they broke into the building and tried to burn it down. Yep. So there's, there's like, I, I guess Andy No posted this. They're like using uh, uh, like a, a welding torch or something to like break the chains and like break the door open. Yep. I don't know when that happened or what, but I do know in their court filing, they got sued. And in their court filing, they said on July 4th, they broke into the courthouse. There it is. From then, we started saying, get off our property. And this, get away. And this is working, too. I mean, even uh, when, when he announced uh, Operation Legend yesterday, after, he, after the uh, press briefing that he did, uh, I posted it on my Facebook page, which I cut a lot of people out of my life recently, and it's been wonderful. But one person, of course, said, how how can you be okay with this? Like, I live in Portland, and this is not helping at all. And I'm like, did you, did you just click, or did you just reply before you even watched the press briefing? Because you realize this has absolutely nothing to do with Portland. This has everything and only to do with the violence that's happening across America. The people get, that are actually being shot and killed. Not in, that's not that's not happening in Portland. And I, I'd like to take the rare in-segment super chat to counter what that person told you. Oh, that's right. You see, we have a super chat from It's Fathead who said, "Mr. Poole, I live near Portland, Oregon. I'm sick of the riots and insurgency. People like me, the silent majority, are fed up. Our moral obligations and justifications have been reached." Portland's mayor have betrayed the majority of Oregon. A so, rare mid-episode super chat. Because, Thank you for that. Because there are people, and I think most people are saying enough. That's what I believe. Now look, most look, look. people think that enough is enough. So stop this, burning everything down. This, well, I'm specifically, you know, the point of this was to focus on the propaganda, propaganda of what's going on. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. But I, but I, but think, it's clear that it's working though. Right. So this was an exact example of someone that I've known for a long time who lives in Portland that believes what they're saying, which, yeah. I mean, we live on the other side of the country, and I, I'm watching, like, eyewitness you know, videos of what's actually going on, so I know I'm seeing it from my own eyes. On, uh, on the 20th, CNN, Brian Stelter, wrote an article saying something like, for some reason, Sean Hannity decided that a small group of self-proclaimed anarchists was worthy of national news coverage. <laughs> Three days before this, it was reported by OPB, that thousands were protesting in Portland. So what, what, why would Brian Stelter lie and say a small group of anarchists when it was literally a thousand plus people protesting, protesting at the federal courthouse? For, for th at this point, it was what, the 52nd day after the 39th day where they breached the courthouse doors? Like Brian Stelter is, is straight up lying. Yep. It was incredible because on the day of that article, 2,000 protesters descended upon uh, on the federal courthouse. The day he said it was a small group, 2,000 people showed up. Wow. Talk about, you know, I don't, I don't know how you want to describe what CNN does or what he does specifically, but I think he's someone who literally doesn't do any work. 
I think he wakes up every morning, you know, has breakfast, walks into CNN, sits down, and then looks at Twitter like for 10 seconds and goes, why are they talking about this? Why is Fox News talking about a group of people? He watched one video and he sees like 10 people and he's like, there's only 10 people. Meanwhile, everyone else is like, bro, you haven't even followed this. Yeah. And then he comes, this is what he does. And then he invites on the same people to all sit in a big circle where they pat each other on the back. We're family friendly here. The echo chamber. Yeah. Yep. I think he knows what he's doing. I think he's lying on purpose. I really, really do. Absolutely. They all are. Yeah. They all have an agenda. And it's just, it's one, it's very simple to get Trump out of office because he is in the way of their, their whole plan. I wonder why it is that, you know, CNN literally employs a Fox News review show. Like literally the show Reliable Sources, I would say, is just basically... You, you ever see Mystery Science Theater? Yeah. Where it's like you're watching the movie and there's the three little guys it's that great. comment on it? Yeah, I love that show. It's like, imagine if you were watching Fox News and Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy were sitting in the front row just complaining about it the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what CNN's Reliable Sources is. Yeah. There's one more thing I wanted to add on this, uh, too, before we, we, we move on or anything like that. Check it out. In the interview, who was asked, this, this prosecutor... Do we need clearer laws and guidelines around what federal law enforcement officials can and cannot do when they're in a city jurisdiction? And the prosecutor said, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually think the law is adequate. Okay, we're done. Bye-bye. Your, your, your statement was irrelevant. Everything you wrote was fake news, and we're done. So, and he admits no. it in, in no, the they middle use, of the interview. They use manipulative tactics to justify their fake complaints. Yep. So then he says, what's not adequate is our president who doesn't really care what the law is. And he doesn't really care what the truth is. He's perfectly willing to behave like his heroes in tyrannical countries. Look, this is nothing to do with he's willing to act like Putin. What, what, what does this have to do with the law? You were asked, dude. He's willing to act like some Argentinian dictator. He likes it. He likes the image, blah, blah, blah. Here's the reality. He's talking about deploying 150 federal law enforcement officers to Chicago. 200. Well, he says 150. Yeah, well, I'm correcting him. He's fake news. Fake, fake news, news, baby. The police force in Chicago is over 12,000 people. He's talking about deploying maybe the equivalent of 1% of their ordinary active police force. This is fluff. Okay. If it's fluff, why are you acting like it's some egregious violation of civil rights? Mm -hmm. If you're arguing he's sending in a microscopic group of people that's irrelevant to what's going on, then certainly Trump is not violating anyone's rights. I just can't. It's it's all so fake, man. This is politics. It has nothing to do with actual law enforcement. It's a diversion of tax funds to try and bolster a campaign that is close to defunct. It's just the worst kind of deception, division and hate. And we all know what happens to haters, which is they lose. It sounds like they're talking about themselves there. I know. It's all they do. Like, so it's so obvious that it's literally them. I'm imagining. They're the ones doing exactly that. I'm imagining, like, there's, like, Democrat consultants and they run in. Yeah. And they're, like, is the guy sweating? And he goes, Nancy, Chuck. People hate us. <laughs> and they're like, really? No, they don't. Just no, no, no. Call look. the news and just no, no, tell no. them that no, they no, love no. us. No, he gives the papers to, to like Schumer and he goes through it and he goes, he takes his glasses down and he goes, they do hate us. What do we do? <laughs> and they're like, change every instance of the word Democrat to Trump and send it to the press. Yeah. And then it's like everything just changes like. Democrats violate rights. Trump violates rights. Yep. Mm. Democrats try to cheat an election. Trump tries to cheat an election. Cheat an election. Thank you. <laughs> we have to, yeah. Swalwell says, I didn't fart. And MSNBC says, it was just a mug scraping on a desk. They're lying. 
the scandal of a century. Mm-hmm. The man farted on TV. Fartgate. And so did Joe Biden. Oh, that, Ooh, that, that was, was a, That was a great episode. That was so much fun. If the media can't be honest about a fart, what else are they lying to us about? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> if I fart... And it's loud enough that you can hear. I will own it. You got to be proud about that. I am. I am. I am. You I'm know, proud of it. I mean, considering <laughs> considering that, you know what I think happened with Swalwell in that? What? He's in the, the congressional building where it's a big open space. Yeah. He, what I think actually happened is it echoed through the room. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. No, you, you're right. You can actually. I, so I, I've been there several times. If you've ever been to the, cap, to, to the Senate building, I, I forgot which one it is. It's like when people are doing interviews, it echoes like crazy, and they do it all the time. So he's miked on his lapel. He's talking. The fart bounced off of the back of the walls, <laughs> redirected to the wall in front of him, and then back to the microphone on his on his lapel. The best part is that he stops talking, and you see him clench for a second, like, and then <laughs> he Too continues. Late. It's like, oh man, that's some, that's funny. He, he he like goes up. He goes cheat an election. <laughs> yep, it's he goes. Good. Cheat an election. He goes up. You see him do it. <laughs> I know. It does. There's only one solution. Uh, There's only one solution. Smashing the like button? Disbanding. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, that's right. I was going to I, I was going to say, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to disband the Democratic Party. Ooh. We must remove every name, image, and political group that has engaged in the atrocity of slavery. That's right. And Starting I mean, with the Democratic they, Party. They started. They're, they're saying that they want to bring all the statues down because, you know, the, the Confederate flag, because it reminds them of slavery. Well, you know what? On that note, why don't you go ahead and, and lead us in. From ABC News, GOP member introduces resolution banning the Democratic Party. <laughs> when, so Adam, as funny as this I, is. I, Adam comes to me and he's like, did you hear the Republicans are trying to ban the Democratic Party? And I was like, what? Like, shut up. <laughs> oh, what? New Babylon B, huh? Funny, yeah, funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Adam, Adam's like, no, no, I, I mean it. There's, there's, there's like a couple guys that are trying to ban the Democratic Party. Yeah. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, and, yeah. But, well, hold on. You, Adam, you explained it to me. Yeah. Because the Democrats were the party of slavery, Jim Crow, and the Klan, I went, oh, I agree. Yep. Ban them. Get rid of, no, I'm kidding. It's, 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 it's funny. You get the point they're making. Yep. They literally... They literally drafted a resolution to ban the Democratic Party. Of course, it's not going to happen. But could you imagine what would happen if the Republicans controlled the House, the Senate, and the executive branch, and I'm, the Supreme Court? I bet the riots would stop. Um, maybe. No, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Because, but there were there was riot rioting under Obama. Like all of the Black Lives Matter stuff started under Obama. Yes, they did. Yeah. And that, that's him. That's him and Joe Biden. That's the craziest thing about all these riots. Yep. It's like, Joe Biden, you, you were you were in office and this is going on. You're not going to solve the problem. You're going to make it worse. Yes, it's gotten worse and worse. So why should we think you're going to do it? You know? Yeah. Everyone, so, everyone likes to say, this is Biden. This is going to be Biden's America. No, Trump is in charge right now. This is Trump's America. And it's like, no, 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 no. This started under Obama and Biden's administration. And Trump is deploying federal law enforcement to stop it. Yeah, he's and he's making laws and executive orders that are reversing a lot of the things that they've done. Well, let's 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 read this real quick. All right. So from ABC, they say U.S. Rep. Louis Gomer introduced a resolution to ban any political party that has been supportive of slavery, which he says includes the Democratic Party. The Texas Republican also calls for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to remove any items that symbolize or mention any political party that supported slavery or the Confederacy. As outlined in the resolution, a great portion of the history of the Democratic Party is filled with racism and hatred. 
since people are demanding we rid ourselves of the entities, symbols, and reminders of the repugnant aspects of our past, then the time has come for Democrats to acknowledge their party's loathsome and bigoted past and consider changing their party name to something that isn't so blatantly and offensively tied to slavery, Jim Crow, discrimination, and the Klan, Gomert said in a statement. He's right. He is. If they're saying ban the flag, the Confederate flag that's being banned is the battle flag. It's not even the flag of, it's not even the actual flag of the Confederacy. It's a, it was the battle flag. Ah. Yeah. So if they're saying take that down because the Confederates were losers, the statues have to go. Well, okay. The, the, the politicians who claim to be Democrats. Yeah. Well, they're, they're still elected officials, but the name should go, right? You know, I, I read into, I, I was reading an article about when the statues all went up and it was after they lost oh way after yeah it, way it after the, it was like what was it what was like the daughters of the confederacy or something yeah something like that yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so a lot of it was to try to repair the the ties from the south to the north it was right it was the union Compromise. yeah it was the union saying look you lost here's you know put up some statues so you can at least you know have um be proud of of you know i you know i'm not i'm not saying be proud of the slavery part because that's what everyone wants to jump to. They're like, right. oh, well, that's what it's about. They, they, they miss ha- having their slaves. And it's like, no, no, they don't. They, m- like, we talked about it. You know, Most you know, people didn't even want to be in, in this, you know, the war. You know, they thought that it wasn't even going to be a thing. I don't think, uh, like, you can trace back the tensions all the way back to the Civil War. Yeah. I mean, even before it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. The de- like, I was looking at some congressional seats and the history and it's it's a weird thing that happened right around the time of the civil war it became a two party system yeah it was and it was it was very much so based around slavery with the republican party being like no it's it's time to end it yep. and the democrats being like how dare you and throughout the throughout uh, the past 100 plus years it has there's that animosity still existed that 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 split that divide for a long time the democrats were very 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 racist absolutely they cl- I, and they no, no. I mean, they still are, bro. They, right, right. So what I was going to say is they Biden. claim they claim the great switch happened, which is not true. It's way more complicated to say something like that, but that's not the case. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Democrats have never been more racist, in my opinion. When when they come out and straight up say the things they've been saying, woke, yep. you know, the intersectionalism, mm-hmm. it's hardcore white supremacy to claim that white people invented scheduling. Yep, like hard hard work. Right. Exactly. It's, it's to claim that white culture, like hard work is white culture, is insanely white supremacist. Agreed. It's, so, so there's, that, there's a comedy sketch going around from uh, Ryan Long. And Hilarious. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. He's got like millions of views by now. But it's two guys who are best friends and one's woke and one's racist. And it turns out they agree on almost everything. Everything. Almost Not, everything. Well, at the, the very the, end. Yeah, the very end that white people <laughs> are the root of all evil, he says. So... The, the point is, is, is clear. Like, if the Democrats are embracing now intersectionalism, mm-hmm. which is, in my opinion, like overtly white supremacist, white supremacists with guilty consciences. Basically, yeah. Then, then they've not changed at all. The only thing they're doing now is instead of fighting against minorities, they're claiming to represent them. And then it's like, you got you to hand it to a man. It's clever. If you want to sabotage somebody, let me, let me tell you a story. How would you guys like to hear a story? I do. I do. I do. I do. I want to hear a story. Let me tell you a story of one of the cleverest murders I've ever heard about. Oh, my. So there was a story based in Illinois about a man who had gotten away with murder several times. Okay. And you know how he did it? I don't. He didn't go up to the people he hated and murder them. 
because people would have noticed either a fight broke out or he went missing. Oh, he was very smart. You see, what he would do is he would find a bar near a body of water. He would invite his rival for a drink where he was going to apologize. He'd get the individual very, very drunk. And then they would walk out of the bar towards the body of water and he would go right into the water. And then he would call for help. Help, please help. And the guy blackout drunk falls in the water and drowns. And then once the people come, he's screaming for help. But he's the one who called for help. He certainly didn't do anything wrong. Hmm. My friend and I got really drunk and he fell in. Oh, no, I need help. And it was only after apparently some cop noticed that a, that a bunch of these stories had popped up about a guy who was calling for help when his friends were drowning and he put two and two together. Yeah. And it was like, wait a minute. Yeah. It turns out he had fights with these people. So, so the reason I bring this up is this dude learned a very clever way to get away with committing a crime was to feign being friends with the person and then sabotage them. I see what you're doing. You're talking about the Democrats right That's now. That's right. They started pretending like they're the good guys. Yep. Listen to us. We'll do all the good things for you. And they did a bunch of bad things. Yep. And, and so I, I, Chicago, there's no better example than Chicago. You're right. That's true. Chicago has been under Democrat rule for what, like 80 years or Long something. Long time, yeah. And it has some of the worst uh, segregation, some of the worst violent crime, gang activity. They've solved nothing. At the very least, we can say they are completely incapable of governing a city. Yep. Let alone anything else. Yeah, they straight up took all all low income housing from the entire north side of the city and just bulldozed it all and just forced everyone to go f fend for themselves on the south side of Chicago. And then what happened on the south side of Chicago? What did we in just find out? Like, uh, what was it, like a month ago? Well, so so uh, the area I grew up in, mm -hmm. I was looking at Google Maps and I was trying to show like here's the area and here's like the the project housing. Yep. And I noticed the very strange thing on Google Maps. There was nothing but fields, nothing fields but with surround, surrounded by fences yep. and signs saying private property, you know, no, no entry. Mm -hmm. And then I went, you can go back in time to earlier years. And I went back about nine years and all of a sudden all of the project houses were back. Yep. The city literally raised the entire project on the south side by my house. Yep. Just wiped it all out. Yeah. And I've, I've looked out. into the, the, like that kind of thing. It's like so there was lots of, of gang violence in Chicago. There still is a lot of gang violence in Chicago. And a lot of the reasons why it's getting worse or it, it was getting a lot worse. I, I mean, now it's obvious reasons, um, but it's because they were pushing everyone together. Like all the gangs from the north side got pushed down to the <laughs> south side. And now they're, they're getting rid of more housing projects. So people are getting more and more condensed on top of each other, fighting each other and killing each other. I welcome Donald Trump sending the feds into Chicago. Me to be, too. To, to be Me fair, too. Absolutely. I don't live there anymore for these reasons. But Trump said some FBI, DEA, ATF, like ATF especially, man, on the south side with the gun crime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, This is what I was saying before. Like we, we mentioned this the other day. If, if I went out and I saw, you know, the CBP guys with the tactical gear, I'd be like, whoa, crazy. And it's happened before. I've seen that in Chicago where it's like a bunch of cops come out and like SWAT. And then we call friends like, whoa, what happened? Did you see the police? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. You want to get some nachos from 7-Eleven? Yeah, right. Like they, nobody cares because we're not going around smashing windows and starting fires. And when I was in Ferguson during the riots, when we were leaving, the National Guard was staging like a few blocks away. And we walked up and saw some National Guard. And we were like, how's it going, everybody? And they're like, hey, what's up? And we're like, what's going on? And we just chatted for a little bit because they're people. Yep. And they were like, yeah, they're worried. You know, if things really got out of hand, you know, we'll be here trying to keep things calm. We just want people to be safe. And I'm like, I hear you. And we talked about the nuances of a riot and how people protest and how it escalates. And we basically agreed on a lot of things. They were cool dudes. We also, I also talked to some cops and they were saying like basically the same things. Now I'll tell you what though. I saw some, some, I saw cops do some BS in Ferguson. 
Yeah. Like walking up for no reason and chucking a flashbang at a group of people just doing literally nothing. And it sparked a riot. I've seen that kind of stuff happen. Right. So, I mean, um, we're, we, we've discussed it. There's, are there bad cops? Yeah. Yes, there are. Right. Yeah. I mean, okay. Are there bad people? Yeah. Are there racists in the world? The, the, real, yeah. the real issue is that there are bad people, period. Period. Thank you. And the issue is when it comes to police, police should be held to a certain standard. You know what I mean by that is if they're the enforcers of the law, then we need to make sure we don't have like we need a set of standards so that we don't have bad people who gain that power. It's going to happen. Yep. And that's what we got to be very careful of. That's true. Because then they'll start bringing in their buddies. They'll start infecting, you know, certain, you know, like Chicago is so corrupt, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get it, it gets bad. So anyway, we're supposed to be talking about banning the Democratic Party. But to bring it back to Chicago, we've got there, there was there's so there's so much corruption in Chicago. There was a video a, a years ago of like a bunch of off duty cops beating up a waitress. Yeah. There was a cop who grabbed a meter maid by the throat and slammed her up against the wall because she gave the cop a ticket for illegally parking. It's messed up. It's a dirty city, man. It is. And I feel ba- I feel bad for the cops, you know, who the good who, cops or or the rookie cops who are like, I want to be a cop, man. I want to do the right thing. And then they get in, and you've got. Do you know the story of John Burge? No, I don't. I don't know. It sounds familiar. I'll just be very careful, but Google it. This dude was accused of electrocuting people into forced confessions. Whoa! Chicago is Jeez. a dirty place. Again. A democratic city for like a for like a century, for almost a century. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's why it's like I think you know I've talked about this before. My bias against the Democrats is probably somewhat part of this. Where I grew up in a city where Republicans were not a factor, where it was like the Republicans did things that I didn't didn't affect me. Yeah, they'd talk about pro life and you know flat tax or whatever, and I'd be like, oh. And the war stuff definitely. I was like, oh, these neocons. Rrr. And then you have the, the Democrats in Chicago that just ran everything like it was a wasteland. It was mm-hmm. like. It was just awful. And so I've, I've been personally betrayed by these politicians. They've, they've promised things. We've worked, you know, I'm not going to get into specific details, but there were some certain, certain instances where we were prom- made, made promises by the city in exchange for fundraising and work. And then they just like basically figuratively knifed us in the back. Yep. And so I'm like, I hate this place. It's crooked. It's corrupt. The violence is out of hand. I'm done with this. So you know what, man? You get, you, you reap what you sow. Louis Gohmert has proposed this bill. And I don't believe it specifically targets the Democratic Party. I believe it just targets the idea of racist parties. Yeah, well, no, that's or, or the idea uh, that they can just apply this blanket racist, you know, statement on all these different things, you know, like all the statues and all the whatever else they're they're claiming is is racist nowadays. It's not it doesn't work. You, you, there's a point where they're going to be like, oh, wait a minute. This is now coming back to bite us and we, we should you know, cancel that. Well, if uh, if the Republicans sweep the House and the Senate, the first thing they can do is say in honor of intersectionalism, we think we should take down any symbol <laughs> representing yep. slavery. And the first thing on that list is the Democratic, Democratic Party. Party. Gone. Boom. Yep. You reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's because the Democrats have become, I-, I think it's not so much the Democrats. I think for a long time, our political class has been infected by corrupt crony Yep. Establishment. They've sold us out to major international interests, corporations, offshore money. Yep. And now it's really difficult to figure out how to solve the problem. Well, I do believe Trump is trying. Yep. I don't, I don't, he, I don't, I, look, I, I do think he's an outsider. I think he, you know, again, I can say it a million times, character defects. But you look at the guy 
and he's very clearly not part of whatever it is these people were doing. No, and and he he has a degree in economics. Like there, he he can see the the money side that's leaving America, that's making us weaker. Oh, slowly but surely, but not it's it, happening. It's not even about that. I mean, it is about that. Right, right. But yes. I, my point is specifically, in Trump's mind, he wants America to be the best. In the mind of our establishment political class, yeah, they want to make money at the expense of literally anybody to anything, get it. Anything, anything, yep. And so Trump has been uh, essentially purging the Republican Party. So you had this these two big populists. You had Bernie and you had Trump. Trump won. Yep. He wasn't supposed to win, but he did. Trump was able to shut down the establishment on the Republican side and win. And then we saw a wave of Republicans retiring. These establishment dudes were, were backing away. Yep. And that was a vulnerability for the, for the right-wing populists because it opened up the door for Democrats to try and take some of these seats. But now we're starting to see more populist, legit Republicans, people like Sean Parnell, for Sean instance. Sean Parnell is the first one that popped in my head. Exactly. He seems like a legit dude. Yep. And on the left, you're seeing a lot of progressive, grassroots-style uh, d- Democrats who are trying to like primary their opponents. Well, I certainly disagree with their politics, but there's a, there's a part of me that I'm very much like, crooked, crooked, corrupt class that's extracting all of our resources and giving it to a foreign country, mm-hmm. idealistic and kind of crazy activist. Uh, they're both really bad, and I wouldn't choose either of them if I had to, if I had a choice. Yeah. But I, I think the crony corrupt class has exploited us and extracted our nation, and we got to get rid of it. Agreed. I'm, I'm all in favor of, like, can we just vote out every incumbent, period? That would be wonderful. At, at, and, and at this point now, I really don't mean every. Maybe 10 years ago, I was like, get rid of him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like Ron Paul when he, was, when he was in office. I disagree with a lot, a lot of what Ron Paul says. But he was a very, very libertarian doctor. No, you know, he's like, no, don't do it. No, And same thing is true with Rand Paul. Rand Paul recently wrote an op-ed about demilitarizing the police. Right. I actually disagree with how he's framed things, but I agree with I agree with him more than I disagree with him. Okay. But like to look at what's going on in Portland and say, oh, no, it's so evil. We must we must defund this. I'm like, well, well, hold on, hold on. Riot control in defense of a courthouse, in my opinion, is not like secret police black bagging people in the middle of the night and renditioning them offshore. Agreed. I do believe demilitarizing the police. I, I agree. What does that really mean, though? Right. You know? So he's talked about how they're getting, you know, uh, it, it's basically what happens is you actually have military tech being handed me down to local departments. And I think, I don't necessarily think that we need to just get rid of all of the stuff they have. We definitely don't need to keep giving them tank, like APC style, you know, like, and so, you know, uh, vehicles. But we've got great local defense. No one's ever going to invade this country. Huh? That's a good point. So the issue is less so that they have it and more so the constraints and the oversight. So there's, look, as, as, as the cast escalates in Portland, I imagine what would happen if the feds didn't have the right control stuff they did have? Would the building just be burnt down and we'd go, no, no, you know, build it again? Yeah. And all the court documents that were in there would be lost. Court cases, evidence, people's work, people's computers, emails, correspondence, Mm -hmm. just like destroyed. Precisely. So look, it's it's a tough question. But anyway, more more to the point when it comes to the political class, I'd I'd like, I I think Rand Paul's great. I think Matt Gaetz is pretty good. I like Tulsi, but Tulsi's basically retiring anyway. And then you've got now... Uh, potentially Sean Parnell could win and take a seat from a Democrat. We'll see what happens there. I also want to give a shout out to uh, Billy Prempe of, oh, that's uh, right. of New Jersey. He's yeah. got he's got a wonderful platform. Then I and I 100% agree with. Isn't what, he for like pot legalization? 
Yeah, I think but that's he's, not, he's a Republican. I mean, but he's a, he's a Republican that right. has a lot of good ideas, and he's a younger man, and, and that's what we need. We need yeah, newer, younger generation getting involved in for the future. He's in North Jersey, I think. Yeah, right? I think I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I remember we were, we were talking about him. District yeah. uh, Billy Prempe, uh, the ninth ninth congressional district. Yeah. yeah, you guys should check him out and Sean Parnell. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure, I've donated to Sean Parnell and Billy Prempe, because you, you mentioned that. And the the reason for that is, to be honest, I donated to way more Democrats than Republicans. Yeah. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, at this point, I think it would be fair. If, you know, if I think these people for anti-war reasons were worth supporting, that's not very fence-sitter of me to not find someone I might think is going to do a good job on the Republican side. And even to this day, I've given more to Democrats. Yep. So, but I, I, I do think those guys are both, you know, pretty rad. So that's what we need. Yep. We need to get rid of we need to get rid of these people who got into office hoping to get a lobbyist job 50 years ago. Oh, that's totally that's uh, look. <laughs> you know what you know you know I'll tell you. <laughs> if you've figured out how to become worth 100 million dollars off $174,000 a year, wow. You know that's that's amazing. And Trump became a billionaire off a million dollars. Yeah, con- congratulations to those people in in Congress who took a six-figure salary and became worth Millions of dollars. I wonder how they did that, huh? While they're still in Congress, too. Don't even get me started on that. Dude, it is so busted. Absolutely busted. Do you see that? I sent you, uh, I sent uh, Adam the Dylan Radigan rant. Did you watch that? I did, yeah. Dylan Radigan in 2013. Was it 2013? That was when the video was published. I wonder if that's when the video was actually first. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, the video was from 2013. I don't know when it is actually from. Most most of you might be aware of the the famous Dylan Radigan rant on MSNBC where he rips apart Democrats and Republicans. It's eye-opening, actually. He says he's he's super angry, and this is almost a decade ago, and he's like, they are extracting our nation through banking, through trade, through politics. Yep. And he said it. And that uh, the entire time I was watching it, especially at the end of it, I, I hit, you know, it, it came to an end. And I was just like, yeah. I, Trade. I, I want, that was it. I want Trump to be president for another four years. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. And I don't want him to be encumbered by by something that isn't true. Like the whole Russiagate thing. You know, he, he is right. an economist. He went to school. He has a degree in economics. You know, it's like, sure, okay, all of his businesses didn't weren't fully successful but he had so many businesses and throughout that if you look at his business history and you look through the 90s like that's when he kind of had a rough patch and he he figured it out and he turned it around i've got the uh the we need we need that kind of leadership right now i'll tell you my view biden is awful 100% agree with you he would voting for biden is restoring the establishment crony crony class we got we got biden here with us wait a minute listen here fat you're Let me tell you, pony soldier. Thank you. Yeah. Here's the deal. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, if you listen, the listen, thing. The, if you the thing, you know, go. If you vote for Biden, you are trying to restore the crony class that was extracting our country yep. and hurting people. Yep. Exactly. If you vote for Trump, you're getting a rather imperfect man who I believe does love this country and wants to try and fix it. There's no doubt in my mind that he loves this country. I know his history, his his parents, or his mother was an, an immigrant. She immigrated here from, from Scotland, and she she had nothing. And his but grandfather listen, came here with nothing, and they both built businesses, and look where he's at now. Here's what I want. I want something better than Trump. Me right too. Right now, yeah. considering what we're looking at with Biden, I'm kind of like, oof. You know, I think I'm going to have to vote for Trump. But I also want more than just the president. I want Congress and the Senate. And I don't care what party it is. Mm -hmm. I want 
The problem right now is that the young, excited individuals on the Democrat side are like Marxists. You're right. And I don't mean that in the in the pejorative, like, you are a Marxist, you're a commie. I mean, like, many of them are literal Marxists. Mm-hmm. And in the true sense of the, of the word, many of them are democratic socialists, members of, de- well, members not, of the democratic it's socialists. Not true communism, Tim. Well, arguably, but many of them are DSA. Many of them are socialist or democratic socialists, basically the same thing. And I don't want that. None of those people want to do work for a living. They just want to be handed stuff. That's all I'm seeing. Every single one of them. They just don't want to do the work that is required to to be successful in this country. This country allows you to do whatever you want to do, but you got to work for it. And they I don't think, want to work for it. I think these people have some kind of broken worldview. And I think it's due to it's, it's society in general's fault. Now, we can go back and analyze how this generation came to think the things they do. Yeah. I don't know if it's a political party's fault, but I will tell you this. Telling a bunch of young people to wake up go to school every day, come home, then go to high school, and then take out huge loans to go to college was a huge mistake. To be in debt for half of your life, maybe your entire life. This this is why I'm in favor of some kind of loan forgiveness. Okay. Because the reason many of these these young people don't believe in hard work is because no matter how hard they work, they can't break that that chain. Right. They were, listen, man, I'll I'll tell you a story about how much I hate college. When I was... Uh, in high school, like high school age, I didn't go, I go to high school. I was told, go to college, you have to go to college. Yeah. Take out loans if you have to. I read an article from an economist who said it's the stupidest investment possible. What person in their right mind would invest $40,000 for four years only to be in debt $40,000 plus interest? Plus interest. You tell that to any investor and they're going to laugh at you and say, no, I want a positive return year over year. Yeah, exactly. So I said, I won't do it. And it was the right move. I'm unencumbered. But I know a lot of people who were told you have to. I know people who are like, I don't want to, but I have to. My parents are making me. And I'm like, dude, you're 18. You're an adult. Yep. Leave. And they were like, you don't understand. They'll kick me out or something like that. I have nowhere to go. So now they go to school. They rack up debt. They work really, really hard. They get out. They can't find work. And in their mind, hard work has never worked for me. That's a good point. And so they've been indoctrinated their whole lives to believe hard work doesn't work. Where I was the opposite. I, didn't, I, I dropped out. And I said, I'm not going to go. Yep. I'm just going to figure it out and work hard until I get it done. And here I am. Yep. They are trapped in this cycle where they're still, to this day, and in their mid-30s, trapped in debt they can't pay off. That's a good point. So you yep. know what they do? They say, F the system. Give me the commie. The person who's going to forgive all of my debt and break the chain, I will vote for them. So my, my, my opinion is we need to break the chain, which means I would like to see some kind of student loan forgiveness that would freeze interest rate, like 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 uh, suspend interest rates. Yeah, you got to pay back the principal. But the so what's happening to a lot of these people is you take out forty thousand in debt, you end up paying like sixty thousand over more than that, probably more. Yeah, yeah, like right. a lot more yep. because you get deferments, you got COVID, people mm-hmm. can't work, they're unemployed. Here's what we're gonna do: we're gonna get rid of all the interest. You got to pay back what you spent. Oh, the b- banks are gonna be like, well, we're not gonna give anyone anything. Good, we're not gonna make anything. Good. Excellent. I, I agree. I agree. No with more. You. Get rid of. Listen. If you can't afford to go to college, you don't go to college. Good point. What? 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 What world is this? I, I never understood this. Where it's like buy things you can't afford. That's that's what they're saying. That's true. That there is an absolute problem in this country and, with that. And guess You're what? Absolutely right. You nailed and it. And because of these guaranteed student loans, mm-hmm. tuition is being is skyrocketing. Yep. To ridiculous numbers. So how about? We figure out how to get young people off that that chain where they can't pay off this debt because they can't make enough and the the interest keeps accruing. And then for the future, we say, 
you're not guaranteed a loan. Nope. Sorry. Then these schools are going to be like, we're losing students. What do we do? You've got to lower your tuition rates. Yes. You, and then yep. people can start working to pay off. We also need to foster a culture of uh, when people are young to, to build hobbies, to get involved. Look, when I was, when I, when I was a little kid, I, w- I built a computer when I was eight. Dope. I started doing uh, um, just messing around on the computer programs, yeah. going online. I started doing uh, game programming with like Flash and stuff when I was probably 12. Well, that's it though right there. You just said it. That's, that's the new hobby is games. Right, video, well, video games. So when I was a little kid, I was having fun making my own platformer game. Right. I made this game where you played a dude where the whole game was trying to make it through a factory mm-hmm. that was producing these little you know, these little monsters that would like try and bite you. Fun. And I seriously just would spend days like coding and programming. And once you get the base programming with a program like Flash, it's really easy to just drag and drop and build it. Well, Tim, not everyone wants to learn how to code. Yes, yes. My point though is, <laughs> it was really easy for me. To be like, why go to school? Yeah. I can find something and become good at it. Mm-hmm. So when I started, you know, working on Flash and stuff like that, I figured it out. I reverse engineered other, you know, files to figure out what made what work. And I just did it on my own. Well, and, th- and that's actually the key. What do we have right here? We have this, this amazing thing called the Internet. If I want to learn anything, I've been doing all this research. I'm not going to college to learn how, politics or law. I'm reading the actual laws, and I'm, I'm seeing what, what they're actually doing, and I'm, I'm learning from just reading and researching myself. Well, I'm not paying anyone for that. I'm getting paid for that. That's, that's the best way to do it. Let's, 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 let's be realistic about what college is doing right now. Today, an 18-year-old is told, you have to go to college to succeed. And they say, okay, what do I do? Take out $40,000 in debt and go to school. And they go, okay. Yep. Then they go to school and their teachers keep telling them that communism is the light, is the truth and the way. Yeah. And they start saying, wow, that's interesting. Then they leave college with massive debt. They can't pay off. And they, they think, why can't I do this? Maybe my teachers were right. Communism is the way. Mm-hmm. And they vote for communists. Yep. And then that basically just destroys everything. Look, man, it's our own fault. And we're seeing it right now. That's what's my, happening. My, my, my theory based on this, because of, based on what my family members told me, is, is very simple. When I was told that in the boomer generation, okay. not everybody went to college. You didn't have to. Because the greatest generation had high school diplomas, got jobs, and were able to feed and support their families. So their kids grow up, and some of them go to college, and most of them don't. But the ones that went to college by choice ended up making substantially more money. Okay. The boomer generation then started to believe the reason they made more money is because they went to college, period. Right. The reality was, if you don't have to go to college to succeed, but people chose to, it meant they were passionate about what they were chasing. Pure, that's it right there. If you're passionate about it, exactly. you want to learn about it, and then you... you your passion doesn't go away after you get out of college. You then get a job that you're passionate about. Working hard, developing technology, exactly. and making a lot of money. Yeah. So if you, if, you, if you were told you don't have to go to college to succeed, and everyone got jobs and they were doing well, then they noticed some people were doing really well. And what did they see? Oh, they went to college. That's what got them extra money. So they tell their kids, go to college, you'll make extra money. Yep. No. Be passionate about a trade, a skill, a hobby. And you will make extra money. 
Hey, so this reminds me of something, and I'm just going to interject here. But when they were figuring out that self-esteem was what kids really needed, they were looking at kids who had high self-esteem who then went on to succeed. And they said kids need to be told that they should have high self-esteem because this will help them succeed. When in reality, it was exactly like it is with college. The fact of the matter was that if you were already in possession of high self-esteem, you were going to do better in any case. Telling kids that they needed to have high self-esteem wasn't actually going to help them. So I see like a kind of an echo there like earlier on when kids are younger. You know what kids need? A, they good, need? a good, strong father? Yes. But I also think stories help. I, I really do believe... Realistic super... stories. Not, no, no, not necessarily. I don't know. Like, I think stories are part of the problem. We've been talking about how movies always show this, this negative entity that always exists in every single story. For a story to be something worthwhile, need... there's a negative entity that you, you is always present. So it almost convinces everybody that that's the way life is. I think, I think, no, with what Lydia was just saying, that confidence comes from having a solid family that, that gives you, like, look, I love you, child. You, 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 have, the vindi- you have the vindication. You, you have confirmation that you are loved, you, that, and they have that, and you get that from a solid family. Like, I got that. I, I know I'm loved. I don't need anyone else need to tell heroes. me that I, that I need love. I don't need to convince anyone either because I know it, and that's part of confidence. We need heroes. Sure. Yeah, definitely. We need heroes. If you just tell a kid all the time, they're the best. Believe in yourself. Well, then you get arrogance and ego. And even when they're bad, they'll just convince themselves they're good. Okay. What, the, what, what, pe- what people need is to understand if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. They need to understand that someone will always be better than you no matter what you're doing. It's yeah. a fact. That's like true. skateboarding is such a great life building culture. Competition. That's the reason why we are in space right now. It's the reason we have gotten as far as we've gotten. There are things I can do on a skateboard as a 34-year-old, like, well past my skateboarding prime that some of the best pros in the world cannot do. That doesn't mean I'm better than them. But at the top level of skateboarding, they don't even think they're the best. They're like, oh, but so-and-so is way better because they look at the other things. The point is, you want to strive to be better than yourself. You want to every day do better than you did than, than you were doing before. Yes, but everyone the reason is I, their own antagonist. The, re, the thing I was bringing up with stories was not about heroes and villains. It was about literal heroes. Okay. It was about being told these lessons. Like I'll, I'll defer to Static Shock, one of, like a really awesome show I watched when I was a kid. Yeah. It had diversity in it, but it was about this kid who got superpowers and then fought every day to do the right thing and to be better and to be a hero. And you want to you, you want to you want to be inspired. Look. If we, told, if we told stories that the hero was the guy who went around burning down buildings and smashing windows and demanding communism, he's going to look for that to get, you know, like social acceptance, yeah. to feel like he's part of, you know, the, uh, you know, he's doing right. We want kids to believe that helping build a great society, planting trees whose shade they know they will never, never sit in, yep. these are the things that make you heroic. Helping people, helping provide for them, striving to be better than yourself. So I've often thought about this in terms of like raising kids. How do you make sure that the kid doesn't become an arrogant or, or like just becomes someone who thinks they're entitled to it because they're the best? It's not so simple to just tell them to think they're better. To, to, it's, it's, it's a combination of factors to, to craft that into a young person. That's true. That's why I think heroes play a role in this. And it could be a real hero, a real person. You read their story of like, you know, someone who fought really hard to finally be the first to do something. Maybe they weren't allowed. Maybe no one had done it before. No one believed in them. 
I love these stories where you have someone who everyone like mocks and belittles and makes fun of, and then all of a sudden they're a billionaire who like built the biggest company. You know, there's a lot of tech bros that are like this. Yeah, they were the losers in school, and now they're super rich. It was all spite. You know, now I'm not saying the spite is a good thing. I'm saying we just have these stories that we should look up to people who overcame adversity and fought every day to be better, to build, succeed. And that's what we want to craft into people. Definitely. College does not do that. You're, def- you're definitely College right on that. College does the opposite of that. Absolutely not. I can't believe, man, what we see from some of these kids, what they believe with school. I'm going to graduate and I'm going to make all this money. And then they get out and they can't even find a job. So what do they do? I guess I'll vote Bernie because he's going to pay my bills. That's why when you see like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders saying straight up like, we're going to pay your bills if you vote for us. I'm like, well, of course they'll vote for you if you try that. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, young people don't vote. Maybe, maybe it's, 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 it's better that young, naive people who just want for themselves aren't voting. They're free to if they choose to. Yeah. But it's no surprise to me that it's mostly older people that vote. And it's always been that way. Yeah. And because even still, it's not like every, every younger generation feels that way because that's not true. I mean, I see, I see plenty of, of younger generations that are conservative. It's, there's conservatives across all, oh, totally. all you know, age groups. Yeah. So, you know, we see it. I think most people in general are just uninitiated. Like the biggest, yeah. the biggest political party is didn't vote. That was me until didn't vote. I didn't six vote. months ago. I didn't vote in 2016. When I started the show, and now I'm very political. <laughs> now I but I you have voted a in 2008, right? For the first time and only right. time. Yeah, me too. Right. And then 2012, I felt betrayed, and I was like, I'm not voting for this guy again. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm not gonna vote for Mitt Romney. And then 26 came, 2016 came around, and I thought the exact same thing. I'm not voting for Donald Trump. Yep. I'm especially not voting for Hillary Clinton. You know, what's funny is, like, I would tell people, like, I got to be honest. I don't like Trump, but I would never. Like, Hillary Clinton? No way, dude. You're nuts. Never. No, but I did say in the past I would never vote for Donald Trump. Someone someone actually uh, super chatted earlier. It was a smaller one, but I saw it, and I was like. I said. You said in 2016 times, you would never vote for a Republican. And 2017 and 2018. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But I'll tell you what changed. At that time, Trump was drone bombing, commando raiding, and missile striking Syria. Yeah. And so I was like, of course they're doing the same thing. Of course mm-hmm. it's the same old, same old narrative. In the past year, Trump's After done. he got rid of Bolton. Yeah, after he got rid of Bolton, all of a sudden now it's like, let's leave. And I'm like, oh, well, oh. that changes things. Well, all right then. We also do see new Republicans. At the time, we had the crony establishment types. That's a good point. Now we're seeing Billy Prempe and, and Sean Parnell. Yep, new guys. And, and Matt New Gates. blood in the, in the game, yeah. And I don't completely agree with all of their politics, but I feel like they're genuine and honest. That's the key right there. Now, to be fair, though, I've, I've liked Rand Paul for a long time. Okay. Because I, I've, I've followed Ron Paul stuff, you know, 10 or so, you know, 10 years ago mm-hmm. or longer because it was, Ron Paul was very much a meme on the internet. And so when I saw everyone talking about the Ron Paul love revolution and stuff, yeah. I looked into his policies and I was like, wow, I really disagree with this guy. <laughs> but I do respect him because he seems genuine. And, and that's, that's how right. I felt about Bernie Sanders. So here's what happened. In 2016. 2015. Oh, well, right. Yeah. Going into the election. So here's what ends up happening in 2015. There was an insurgency in establishment politics. The populist left Bernie Sanders and the populist right rose. And there are numerous articles talking about how they agreed on all these big issues. Mm-hmm. Immigration, border control, like labor, TPP. Trump and Bernie agreed on a lot of things, except how far left economic policy should go. Then what happened? Donald Trump, like a bull, kicked the door into the ivory tower and said, you ain't going to take nothing from me. And Bernie Sanders- Or America. And, and, or America. And Bernie Sanders walked up, knocked on the door and says, just tell me what I need to say. 
And who I need to agree with to get a little bit of what I want in the stawa. And so he just tell people, t- tell everybody that you don't like white people. Okay, white white people, you're bad. That's okay, so good. Now now be for open borders. Oh, uh, okay, I'm for open borders now. Uh, okay, we're gonna let the, we're gonna let you in now, Bernie. Yeah. Now you're a millionaire. Congratulations. That's what Bernie did. Yep, it's true. So Bernie, I guess, thinks that the path to getting what he wants is to just like knock on the door and cave, be rich, accept it, and then maybe the kids will take care of it. Trump's a bull. He just ran full speed at the door, crashed it open. It was like, and he's like rampaging around and he's flipping tables and he's like, get out, out, excuse me, get out. But, but he's, he's a smart bull though. That's the thing. It's like, sure. Yeah. He's doing that. I'm talking about like the tower being full of the cronies doing backroom deals and like dishing out cash. Right. right, Bernie said, tell me what you want so I can come in. And Trump went in and just started knocking tables over and they're mad about it. What I mean specifically is like when he disrupts the TPP, mm-hmm. when he disrupts these like these foreign trade deals. It's a terrible deal. All, of course. Looking into it. Yeah. yeah. All these people who had made money off of the impending collapse of our economy, shuffling over our manufacturing of foreign countries, Trump flipped their tables. Yep. So he came in and just started stromp, you know, stomping about. Bernie Sanders came in and said, in 2015, Bernie goes, open borders is a Koch brothers proposal. It's a right wing proposal. And we that- cannot have it. And then, and then, and then he, he, they bought him his uh, summer home. And then they bought him his summer home. <laughs> and now he's like, we must, we must decriminalize border crossings and we must uh, provide health care to non-citizens. It's like, B- Bernie, that's a weird flip-flop. Yeah, it is. And what, what we end up seeing on these far-left forums is that Bernie evolved on the issue, understanding the importance of open borders. No, what really happened was that Donald Trump the Republicans were for, for, for lax borders because they wanted to bring in cheap labor yep. to, to, you know, to suppress wages and make it cheaper for the industrialists. Trump was like, nope, we're yep. going to bring our factories back. We're going to tariff everybody. So and they, we're going to give the jobs to Americans. And so here's what happened. Those people ran full speed to the Democrats screaming, help, help, I'm being repressed. Yeah. And then was birthed the Never Trumpers. That's true. It's really funny when you see, who, who was it, Rick Wilson? Who yeah, had the Confederate flag cooler. Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh yeah, oh, yeah that's <laughs> right. Yep, he, he was deleting those pictures, but yeah. they, they were already out there. Look oh, who the, yeah. too late. Look who the Democrats have welcomed to their bosom. Confederates. Right. These people who wanted open borders have found their allies in the far left, so they can get cheap labor for their industry. Exactly. And Trump doesn't want that. Bernie used to not want that until he decided, well, they're going to buy him a summer home. Hmm. Hey, sell some bucks, hmm. bling bling, baby. That was that was old Bernie. So that was it for me. In, in 2015, I was like, hey, this Bernie guy, I like him. No TPP. That was a big activist push. It was a terrible deal that was going to give away so much of, our, infra- so much of our, our, our infrastructure, manufacturing, our labor, our businesses. Bernie was much more progressive on a lot of Bernie's progressive policies I didn't agree with. I thought he was a little too far off on a lot of issues, but he was very similar to what I was thinking in terms of labor rights yeah. and helping the working class, protecting our borders, immigration, stuff like that. And then Bernie flipped. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm out. Yep. Now, looking at what they've all adopted, and I feel like the Democratic Party has become a refuge of establishment individuals who believe a bunch of different things. So you have never Trump or conservatives who now are literally campaigning to help Democrats. Yeah, it's weird. They, they're like, the, what is it? The Lincoln Project? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The party of Lincoln. But we're going to make sure Democrats win. By the way, what? Lincoln was a Republican. Yep. How does that make any sense? Well, they, they claim the whole thing is about restoring the right, you know, party, the Lincoln, Lincoln's party. But then they're literally just campaigning for Democratic politicians. They're grifters. Yep. That's all it is. Well, I, yes. But I think the real thing is that they were they're refugees of the establishment. Yep. The establishment is under attack. 
Yep. So you had two big establishment nations, the Dem- you know Democratia and Republicia, <laughs> and then all the Republicans fled once Trump took over mm-hmm. and started tearing down their crony capitalist nonsense. So they fled to the Democrats. Help, help, please. Our, our crony institutions that were enriching us are being destroyed. And then the crony Democrats were like, oh, you poor thing. Come, come to our party and join us. And what do you want us to advocate for? Open borders? Okay. Yep. Sounds like Bernie. Yep. Sounds like Bernie. And there it is. So, hey, man, Joe Biden, here's the deal. I'm going to restore establishment politics. Mark my words. New taxes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He actually said that. I know. He's he's (laughs) like, I'm going to roll back all those terrible, like, what what is it? Tax Uh, cuts. Tax tax cuts that Trump did. It's like, wait a minute. You're going to roll it back? So you you want America to pay more tax? Wait, wait, you're leading on that? So you know the famous line, mark my word, no new taxes? Read my lips. Read my lips. Is that what it was? Mm -hmm. Read my lips. No No new taxes. Oh, I ruined it. I ruined it. Joe Biden says, read my lips. New taxes. (laughs) Yeah. It's not quite the same. Wow. I'm imagining all of like the suburban middle class people being like, wait, what? Record scratch. I I would like to give more money to the government that I'll never see used properly and have no idea where it goes. Right. That's a great pitch to American people. That's terrible. Uh, I mean, it's in line with Biden. Come on. I'm not. We're not even. Is it surprising anymore? Like nothing is surprising. Did you hear what he said about Trump? Oh, goodness. What? Trump is America's first racist president. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's because Biden isn't president. No, well, I know. there's definitely been racist presidents. I it's, mean, we've had presidents literally who owned slaves. I know. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Biden was very young when that was happening. It's not right. his fault. He forgot. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that is so. Oh, that's what Charlemagne was ripping him apart for. Yep. He was like, you were on my show saying some racist <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't read the article, but I According saw I saw I saw a clip of it. Biden Biden says that Donald Donald Trump is America's first racist president. And then he goes, help me be the second. <laughs> oh, but I'm strong. But he's not. That's the craziest thing. It's like, I, you know, they always go to that freaking Charlottesville, you know, defending it's, like it's, good people on both sides. It's like. Go watch his speech, please. I'm so sick of hearing about it. Go listen to the first words out of his mouth during that speech is, Neil, I, they, they should be condemned, period. Listen, that was listen. the first thing he said. I do have it's a ridiculous. bit of a progressive view on, on racism where, before everyone freaks out, I do think everybody has racism within them. Okay. This is something like, like Brett Weinstein talks about. Humans, like, actually, I'll give you a very simple example. You ever notice that people who are like in relationships look like each other? <laughs> Ever noticed that it's like it's like a it's like a trope where yeah, they wear I mean, similar I've, clothes. I've seen that it, it 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 tends to be true. Yes, they did. There was one study I read where they showed faces to people and asked them to rate them on attractiveness. Okay, and the faces of themselves they would rate the highest, not realizing it was their their own face. Okay, so people actually view like people feel safer around what is familiar. So there is, I believe, an inherent racism that humans definitely contend with. And, and again, Brett Weinstein talks about this, that we become smarter, we become understanding, and we resist these baser instincts and understand that, you know, we can come together and be trusting of each other. I know, but I feel like that's racism is is considering your race superior, though. And I feel like that th- there's there's a, a blend that or you're, you're blending them together when prejudice, they're not necessarily the same thing. Racism could be prejudice or discrimination based on race. OK, so if people are predisposed to recognize certain cultures or ideas. I think there is inherent bias. I think it's I think it's more of like a, a, a balance thing, but I do think that America has overcome all of these things. I think so too. We've, we've passed. I mean, we still have racism for sure, 
Yeah, there's racists out there, no doubt. Right. But I, I do think that there's a reason why so many cultures to this, to this day are still racist. I believe that, you know, liberal, like uh, um, classical liberalism, the, the ensuring of equal rights made us realize that, you know what? It's actually about the content of your character, not the color of your skin. Boom. So we've kind of like had an ideological revolution. Yeah, it's amazing. Where we started to realize racism is really, really bad. Yep. But I think what we've seen throughout, like, it, it, it's, it's a really easy to, exp- easy to explain, actually. Like, for the longest time throughout the world, everybody was racist. And then America pops up and certain other countries in, in, in Europe. And we start realizing through, like, mostly classical liberalism, equality, unalienable rights. And then we were like, wow, as it turns out, the content of your character matters much, much more. Yeah. And we overcame, you know, simplistic views of the world. Maybe I'm not smart enough to articulate it like someone like Brett probably could. Yeah. But that's, that's, you know, that's the point I'm trying to make is that we as Americans have actually overcome all of this. Yep. As, as a, for, for, um, a, um, for the most part. They're trying to bring it back. Right. They are. And right. it's very obvious now. And that's, that's why those, I mean, the uh, statistics we were going over earlier, it's showing that people are fed up with this. Stop trying to shove it down our throats that we're racist. We're not racist. Most people are not. Most people don't look at the character of a person, and that's right. what's important. Exactly. Period. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Let's grab these super chats. All right. Ladies hey, check gentlemen. this out, everybody. Oh, here. Let me get my my uh, my shot. Yeah, check us out. So I got my stream deck. Oh, sound panel coming soon. I'm gonna have all sorts of fun Adam uh, sounds. Gonna, Adam's gonna be the mix master. He's gonna have all the sounds, all of the the Trump quotes. DJ. Well, we got some super chats. Before we do, make sure you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Parlor at Timcast at Adam Krigler in the exact same places. And you can follow at Sour Patch Lids, L-Y-D-S, on Twitter and Parlor. And smash that like button. We got lots of likes. Let's get some more likes. Smash it. it. our 100th episode. And so that means we need 50,000 likes. 50,000 people. 50,000. It's huge. Our we got one, Everybody agrees. 100th episode. It's, it's pretty great. Yeah, man. 100 episodes. That's crazy. 21. Yeah. It doesn't feel 100. like 100 episodes. I got to be honest. I can't wait till we get set up in this new place. Ooh. We're going to have an expanded uh, a set so we can have more friends coming and hanging out and do, you know, man, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have people come out and do shows. And yeah, I'm really excited. All of your favorite peoples talking about stuff. Oh, yeah. So make sure you smash the like button. Smash it. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. And now we're going to read some super chats. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and uh, spin the UFO for everybody. DC Pagan says, $100 for 100 episodes. When are the beanies coming? I need five copies of Tim's beanie, Blessed by Soy Jesus. Yeah, I, you know, I got to I gotta get on that company. COVID. I, yeah, the, the COVID really shut down the company, and then they started back up, and I, I hit them up, and I'm like, hey, you know, what, what's going on? Can I get a dual-color beanie? And, and they actually have something similar to mine, but they don't have mine either. And they're like, oh, we can't do anything like that custom right now because of covid and it's just like no so eventually we'll be i'll be able to get those because we got to get the like the legit tim cast yeah. beanies so all right soon poofy says lids 2024 there you go <laughs> okay <laughs> samuel farmer says question for adam on his show he had a problem with removing college options from inmates does he support free college if not why would he advocate for taxpayer funded college for criminals when law-abiding citizens have to pay themselves well, I mean, the whole the whole prison system as a whole is is a privatized uh, institution. So we we, you know, they're making money off of our tax dollars, and the whole point of prisons is to, you know, for people to pay their their dues, right? You know, it's like, 
we're, that's a that's a, a lot of of uh, it's hard to really like grasp all of the you know the layers of what that really means. It's like I would gladly have some of my tax dollars go to helping people become better. That period. That that's why I, I have no issues well, with helping with with having a little piece of of my tax money going to uh, you know helping people that have been put in a system. You know, and and the the specific of that bill is they're not allowed to get grants, so it's not even tax dollars. They're not even allowed to you know get get grants from different corporations or get any sort of institution to help them get there. So it's not that our tax dollars would even pay for it. They're not even allowed to look and search for different ways to get funding to do that. You know, so I, there's a lot about that. I guess I'll say my opinion. I, I may have missed. You know, but it's like. Even still, I, I want to. I, I want people to get better. I want them to know that if you mess up, you're not locked in in the system forever in this privatized prison system that's just a profit market. Abolish private prisons. Absolutely. Shut it all down. Yeah, yeah. Privatized prisons are a terrible thing. I want total prison reform. I, our prisons should be re- rehabilitative, yes. not punitive. Yes. We need exactly. Like so, I was I was reading about. Um, these people who like the, the best way to end recidivism or to reduce it yes. is to teach skills, survival, responsibility. Mm-hmm. We don't do that at our prisons. We actually harden criminals. And that's one of Trump's the first step act is about right. exactly Criminal's that. Reform. Yeah. Trying to trying to make it so prisoners can further themselves and, and come out of prison ready to tackle life instead need, of going back into a life of crime. Like we, that's we, amazing. We need an ideological revolution on the prison system. Yep. I'm not saying bail reform, release all the prisoners and do restorative justice. None of that. What I'm saying is I think we've built our current prison system around just like from old ideas of putting someone in a box because then they can't hurt people. But now we're coming to a point where we have way too many prisoners and we have to figure out how when people commit a crime, we can help them become people who will not commit a crime again. We're not doing that. Yep. We're not doing it so well. The bigger issue I have is that government run prisons are often really awful. They're really bad. And so one of the things people mention about private prisons is that some of them can be actually pretty a lot better. Sure. But then you do create perverse incentives for locking people up. We've seen it with these juvenile halls where judges were getting paid off. And these people are criminals, I know, and, and crime is going to happen. I think we need something, some kind of prison reform. I do. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend on all the answers, but I don't like what we're doing now. And so it's hard for me to pretend like I can tell you how to fix everything for sure. I certainly think we need an ideological revolution pertaining to how we handle inmates. This is the problem, though. Prisons are a form of medicine. Police is a form of medicine. Everything medicine is for diseases that we get. You know, everyone everyone loves to figure out and try to change what the medicine that we use to to fix certain issues, and that is the problem. We we have to look past that and get to the root of why everything is happening. Why are people going to prison in the first place? Are there always going to be bad people? Absolutely, yes. You know, but is there, you know, wait, reasons why there, people are, are turning to, to criminal uh, act instead of just trying to further themselves? Well, it depends on the crime. There's the a, issue. Well, th- you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But for the most part, I feel like it doesn't matter. There's still a reason that the crime happens, you know, and it's like we can we can try to figure out and keep changing what medicines we use for the problems of society. But I don't want to do that. I want to focus on the problems of society. Why are we there? What what can we do to upgrade that? That's the key. That's the conversation I want to keep having. The issue is that when a lot of people talk about the cure for cancer, right? They don't realize that cancers are all different. 
That's true. So sometimes crime is violent murder, gang-related drug trafficking. Sometimes it's desperation, need food, can't pay rent. Yep. Like AOC likes to assume that all the violent crime was because people were stealing bread because she doesn't understand and she's too idealistic. Mm-hmm. No, it was people shooting each other. Yeah, exactly. That's very different. They're not hungry. They're just like evil. Right. I mean, maybe evil isn't the right word for a lot of these people who, who ha- have no idea what they're doing and don't care. Yeah. Callous maybe. But I do think we have to at least try to figure out how to help people be better. It's tough, though, man, to pretend like I have all the answers. Definitely not. Bring bring back better. Bring bring buy back better. Buy what is it? Buy back. Buy back better. I don't know what he says. It's br- no, we're not. Back, do, no, we're, it's we're bring gonna, bring back better. All right, bring, let's let's just go. John Kirsch says, "Congrats to the three of you. Keep on keeping on. Appreciate it. Thank you." Curtis Reynolds says, "I smashed it. Thank you all for yes. smashing the live one. Can smash. we break thirty thousand likes smash, for our one hundredth episode?" Lee P says, "A dollar for every episode, except apparently I'm keeping a penny for myself. Love your content. Love the input from everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you. A lot of big super chats today. Thank you, everybody." Callan Shaw says, "Congrats on episode one hundred. I also proposed to my girl today, and she said yes. Wow! Woo! Congratulations, nice. man! Nice! Congratulations! I'm spinning the UFO for you." Good luck with the studio relocate. Got any suggestions where we can settle down outside of crazy DC swamp we're in now? Northeast preferred. I like snow. Also, baby name ideas. New Hampshire has a great state motto. Adam, free Adam or is die. a really good name, I hear. I'm So I'm told. Yeah. It's, it's classic. One of the best. It's the OG name. one of the best. one of the best names. It's like the first it's an OG name, the, <laughs> it being the first. I, I don't agree with that. Biblically. It's, uh, it goes back. <laughs> yeah. John LXC, I thank you for the super chat, but I can't read that. YouTube will ban us. Oh. Yep. Sovereign Sykes says, congrats on episode 100. Fantastic episodes. Adam, I sent you a message on Parlor. If you could check it out when you have some time, spin the UFO for the people. I will spin it for the people, oh. and I'll, I'll check it out. Gareth Green says... Once China had proto-liberal government under the early Western Han dynasty, look it up, Emperor Wen and his wife Empress Do, governed by the Huang Lao philosophy, their grandson Emperor Wu ruined everything. Yeah, look a, him up. That's a, shame. <laughs> that's, that's a bummer, man. And now they're banning Christianity and in, Jesus. In, 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 because they want in, people to China. worship Mao or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Man. China's scary. Adam Schmidt, thank you for that super chat. Thank you. All right, let's see what we got. Critton. Uh, says, found you guys a week ago. Great show. I live near Seattle and feds are coming because a reporter overheard riders tell the group to save their energy for Saturday. Also, police say what is being reported as fireworks are closer to IEDs. Spin the UFO. I will spin and, it. And, and they, I have seen them use that. They actually make explosives with like two liter bottles. Those are more of like flat, their own version of flashbangs. They'll create uh, pressure chemical bombs Whoa. that are really loud and boom. It's really easy. Like you'll see kids do it on YouTube. They put stuff in a bottle, they cap it, they tie it up so that the pressure builds up, and then bang! Yeah. I've seen, they were throwing them in Berkeley. It's messed up. DC Pagan says, 100, oh, I read that one. DJ Zeno says, hey guys, real quick, you three and my girlfriend, are the, and my girlfriend, are the only people on this planet I feel understands the world. My good friend of nearly four years publicly disowned me for posting a video of the riots. The mind virus is real. Yes, Damn it man. is. Let's see, Gareth Green says, this is a sequel, so let me try and find... I'm not sure what the, uh, the first Super Chat, I don't know if I can find it. So I'll just read your sequel, Super Chat. The same, oh, oh about Emperor Wu, there it is, yeah. The same Emperor Wu just so happens to be the emperor under whom China first annexed the region now known as Xinjiang, the Uyghur homeland. Wow. Wow. 
Crazy stuff, man. Yeah, it's crazy going on. Uncle Juan says, Democrats on my Facebook are doing similar things. They, uh, similar things. They go to Portland, but not downtown and post pictures of the parks and say, look at the, look at the Republican lies. No riots here. Then photos of people on a a bench and say, those are the rioters. I'm so scared. Yep. Right. Because. Seen it over and over again. The actual argument is that we, we know they're in a small 12 block radius. Yeah. We, We know they're attacking the federal courthouse. Yeah. We're not saying that the entirety of Portland, which I think is 145 square miles or something like, it's like really huge, right. is burning to the ground. They're nope. like, we're going, we, I, I, someone hit me up on Twitter, like, I, I live in Portland and I drive around, everything's normal. Like, I went to the store, I, I don't see any riots, I don't Just see anything like happening. Just like in Cairo, when the entire government collapsed, the protests were only in Tahrir. Yep. You would walk a few blocks away, you'd be at McDonald's eating a cheeseburger. And so people, I went to Heliopolis during the revolution and I went to the mall and I got like some, like the, it was like a kebab, I guess, mm-hmm. played games. I went and bought a cell phone. Everybody was shopping like normal. And I was talking to the dude I was with and I was like, it's really funny. You wouldn't realize a revolution is happening. And he was like, most people just do their thing. Yep. And then now when you look back on it, it's like the revolu- the second revolution of Egypt, right. the fall, you know, of, of Morsi or whatever. I was there when it happened. It was just one group of people. It, w- it was a few thousand people in one square. That that was it. That's all it took. Yeah. People don't realize how delicate that system is. That's why I keep saying, like, we are dangerously close. But people are saying things like, it's only a few thousand people in Portland. It's not even affecting the rest of the city. It's all it takes, man. They stor- Imagine if 100 people stormed through, suppressed the federal agents, and just destroyed everything in that federal building. And they could if they really wanted to. They yeah. could easily overrun it. Yep. Yeah. Ian Hall says, okay, this one is for Lydia to get a beanie to complete the beanie gang. The rest to cover the cat's rent. Some funds can be directed to soy Jesus. Get a haircut, you dang hippie. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, uh. Ian Fadad says, Mr. Adam, I don't believe your Portland friend reflects 90% of the rest of the Oregon state. A microcosm, an exception to the rule, an anomaly. In general, rule of thumb cannot be considered a proper control group or definitive answer to problem. I agree with you. Ricky Sweatman says South Carolinian is a Carol, Carol, Carolinian is a good place to park your van by the river. Hit me up. I know some good places. Nice. Billy Geiger says the left should love the Confederate statues. They are basically participation trophies for the Civil War. Right. But don't. It's kind of true. Commander 232 says Tim and Adam, there is a problem with the statement of demilitarized law enforcement, though. Uh, as a as as an FPS officer myself, I can state sadly it's necessary. The Hollywood shootout back in the '90s is what gave way to all of this. Back when law enforcement didn't have rifles, yes, and I believe they had armor-piercing bullets too, right? Do you remember that? No. And then they got armor, and so there was a concern about how the criminals decided to escalate their tactics against law enforcement because they knew they weren't prepared. Which is why I'm saying I don't think total deep demilitariz- demilitarization is the answer. I think oversight and restrictions. So basically, should, you know, armored personnel carriers and other such things be deployed for protests? Probably not. But should they have them? Maybe if they're if they're worried about dealing with domestic terror, because we've seen, I mean, look, if you're concerned about white supremacist extremism, because dudes have shown up at theaters and churches, maybe the feds, uh, well, maybe the feds need to be deployed in certain areas. And maybe we actually need law enforcement with armor and, and special weapons to deal with these lunatics. All right, let's see. What else do we got? Because we're getting, we're, I guess Adam's preparing the uh, the grand drawing. I am, yeah, yeah. Our very fancy box over there. So this is uh, the box of, of mail that we've been getting for the board raffle. 
And so I'm just a... I'm just shuffling up. You can continue. I'm just, right. gonna, I'm just shuffling. Gareth Green says, Krigler Sunbay, fairy tales do not tell children that dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. Fairy tales fairy tales tell children that dragons can be killed. G.K. Chesterton. Okay, but actually, there is parents out there that are showing their kids Harry Potter and telling them that magic yeah. is real. Yep. This is, a, this, is, this is actually something that's happened. Nowadays, they, they want their kids to believe it so much. They're telling them, and they're asking people Jeez. to give them to, tips and, and, and ideas to help keep that alive so the kid doesn't get sad when it happens. And their argument is, well, when they finally fi find out that it's not real, it'll toughen them up. It's like, so that right there, a mental that's not true anymore. So I don't know what year that was written, because that's not what's happening with these parents. There's, these snowplow parents there's, that are, there's nowadays are doing that. Literally stories about parents who are telling their kids Harry Potter is real and that their kids will go to Hogwarts when they turn 11. Yep. They buy them the robes and the wands and they tell them, one, you're going to go to wizarding school and these kids believe it all. Yep. What's going to happen when they turn 11? And their friends are making fun of them. They're yep. going to be like, I hate my parents. Yep. I hate Ex them. I hate exactly. them. Exactly. And I'm never going to trust them again. Yep. Or authority. Anything. Yeah. Numbers says, I'm 21 years. I've traveled all over. I've worked myself to the bone. 50 to 84 hour weeks. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps and out of poverty. Hard work and perseverance pays off. Yep. I appreciate everything that you guys do. Keep it up and inspire us all. Well, we will do that. Let's see. Kix says, hey, guys, love the show. Sent y'all a yellow book with a peculiar title. Super stupid. Was wondering if you received it and had a chance to look at it yet. It's rather eye-opening on subjects such as perception and reality. Cool. I'm not sure. We do have a bunch of boxes we have not opened yet. That's true. Gareth Green says, Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away is a life fable designed specifically for millennials in which a girl of our generation learns responsibility and hard work. Naturally, parents complain that it was scary. <laughs> hard work is scary. Yep. It's fed. It says, Mr. Poole, in my opinion, the difference between a hero and a villain is not power or will. It's humility. Humility is the difference between knowing you can force your beliefs on others and not doing it or making others do what you want. I want to tell you I can see a that. really great oh. bit of writing. It's in uh, Naruto, which is an anime manga. And I'll give you the gist of it. I'm sure diehard fans are going to start arguing with me. You know, we know how the internet gets. But the general idea is that the character Naruto has, has a teacher. The teacher used to have a different student. That student uh, once said that he was going to do whatever he could to make the world a better place. That inspired his teacher, Jiraiya, to write a book in, about basically this idea. His new student, Naruto, uh, was taught by Jiraiya and learned those same ideals. But the other student became a villain, and, and Naruto and him fought. And then finally at the end, this, this you know, once idealistic pupil who had become a villain was, was asking Naruto, like, why do you fight? And then Naruto, Naruto basically said to him his own words, and it like it broke him when he realized he had become everything he swore that he would never, you know, never be. It was really, it's really, really great writing. Mm. But you know, just something I wanted to bring up. That's it's inspirational. I think you know, if a young person learns that lesson of like, don't become that monster, don't become the villain. It's also like the famous quote, you know, be careful when fighting monsters, lest you become one. For when you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes back. Conveying these ideas, I think, you know, awesome stuff. Okay, let's see. Got a couple more Super Chats here. Grimsley says, Trump is working on the college requirement issue in the Fed. He signed an executive order on the 30th of June to emphasize skills and de-emphasize college and experience alone. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Why should a mail carrier have a college degree? I, I agree, man. Yep. Matt be, Graham. To be put into debt. Right. That's it. Yeah. 
Matt Graham says more kids need to grow up on a farm while playing sports and Magic the Gathering and being uh, scared of disappointing parents or guardians. They need responsibility and constructive discipline. Boom. You know, agreed. When I was 13, you know what I was doing? I was playing Magic the Gathering, yep. Dragon Ball Z card game at a local card shop, and skateboarding. So what would happen is we'd go to the card shop early on, like Saturday. We would play cards. And then around the afternoon, we would all go out and skate around the neighborhood. Then once we got tired, go back to the card shop and play again until it's hard to get dark and then go home. Cool. We were exercising our minds and bodies. Nice. Yep. Strategy games and, and, and physical activity. Edward Hughes says, Naruto made me a better man. I, I believe that is absolutely possible. It's not just about Naruto, but okay. many, many anime characters have this thing about them I've talked about before where in desperation they become stronger. They refuse to give up. That they're willing to sacrifice themselves to save those they love. It's a very powerful like trope. Yeah. The things uh, particularly about Naruto though is that he's kind of a, a screw up in the in the series. He's very he's like really bad at what he does, and there's weird things he has talents with. But through hard work and perseverance, he actually becomes like one of the most powerful ninjas in all of the world. I, I don't know anything about Naruto's. It's basically just a kid who's an outcast, and everyone makes fun of him in the early series, and then by the end he's president. That's the easiest way to put it. Okay. Yep. So if you work hard and succeed, you can go from being a loser to being the president. That's the point. All right. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do this here drawing here. So so about a month was it a month ago? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. A month ago, maybe. maybe a little a little longer than a month ago, we decided that we were gonna do a drawing for uh, the last Harumph board. So we got this board here, and I am going to officially pick the winner right now. But first, smash the like button and smash honor. it. Of smash the 100th like. episode special drawing. Smash that like button. Smash that subscribe Here button. Here it is. This is Careful the winner. It. I'm going to throw that on the ground so you can't see it. It is... Uh, I hope they're watching. Well, I hope it is. This is Jeffrey Ooh. of uh, Greenville, South Carolina, I believe. Congratulations, Jeffrey. Oh, You've won the Harumph You board. have won the Harumph board. Um, he just says, hi, I'm a loyal uh, watcher of the show. Your unbiased reporting and reasonable opinions are invaluable right now. I hope you all stay safe and healthy and keep up the good work. And then it says, I want the board. And then it says, <laughs> I want the soy board. The soy board. <laughs> <laughs> which, which actually is sitting here. Is it over here? Oh, no, it's no, over it's there. No, it's against the couch. That's all right. Board. I will count it. I'll count it. Well, he can't have the soy board. He can't have the it's soy the board. It's board. But uh, you, you did. We said you just enter for the, the skateboard. So congratulations. You're going to have one of our harumph boards on the way to you. Thank you for supporting us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Amen. So a uh, couple of super chats that I will mention. Someone, uh, Mother Clucker says, Tim, how are you about the anime Bleach? Bleach is an awesome anime. It's unfortunate how Bleach kind of ended. I read the history of how the anime and the manga came to be, and it was a really, really great universe. I wish they could have done a little bit better with it. We'll see how it plays out. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I haven't followed it since the first series, and I think they might be doing another one. And someone mentioned Black Clover as well. Another equally awesome series about someone who's kind of a screw up who discovers their true power and like I don't know any of those. You don't you don't need to. The general idea is just it's a very common trope to be a loser who works really hard and then succeeds. Cool. That you can have characters who aren't are made fun of and mocked and belittled. Yeah. And they earn their place. Love that. Exactly. Yeah. So so I'll, I'll tell you, you this. Work for it. You'll you'll like this. In the anime Black Clover, everybody has like ma like not everybody, but most people have like magic powers, right? Okay. This one dude doesn't. So what he does is he works out until he becomes insanely ripped, and then he's just like incredibly powerful because he refuses to be weak. Nice. You know, he, he earns it. He fights for it. Yeah. The lesson there, everyone is dealt 
a hand of cards. Your cards may be bad, but if you play them correctly, even with like a 7-2 off suit in five-card stud, you can still win if you know how to play the game. Yep. That's what it's all about. And now people are super chatting a whole bunch of Naruto stuff. <laughs> Meta says, the scene where Hinata defends Naruto is maybe the best scene in the series. Her story arc is highly underrated. It is a very good scene, yes. Ian Hall says, we took a poll in chat for Lydia's headwear. One for Beanie, two Barrette, three the cat. The cat won hands down. Okay, I will work on that. <laughs> That's not Thank- really surprising. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You can get Buku to sleep <laughs> on your head. I could do it. Tristan Logue says, when you believe something is right or uh, when you believe something is right or wrong, true or false, you believe the assumptions assumptions in the words which express the arguments. Such assumptions are often full of holes, but remain most precious to the convinced. Dune. Zero the, Zero the Slayer says Don Lemon mocked the mental acuity test for the president and then immediately flubs the test. No, is that real? I don't know. Oh, I, I got to pull that so. up. I really hope so, too. <laughs> well, we know we're about to go check I out. I believe it. That shortly. I believe it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been the 100th episode of Timcast IRL. Woohoo. Thank you for hanging out as long as you all have. Thanks for subscribing, for smashing the like button. I tip thy beanie to thy all beanie. of you. We didn't reach 50,000 likes, but we did reach just over half of that goal, so the big ask still worked. Yes. That's a Trump technique. Got it. Ask for way more than you really want, and you'll get more than you expect. Yeah, man. Thanks for the super chats. Make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell, and again, smash the like button. We'll be back tomorrow for the Friday night show and subsequent jam session at 8 p.m. So again, thanks for hanging out for the special show. And Jeffrey, you'll be getting a board in the mail, and we will see you all tomorrow. Bye, guys. Good night, everybody.